You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. Welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Really exciting one. Uh, I have my co-host. Is he a co-host or has he elevated himself up from the uh, guest status? No, uh, I'll just say co-host, Jace. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've also got uh, Frank with us. How are you doing, Frank? Hi, oh, good, Jason. Yourself? Mate, fantastic. We've, uh, as you know, in a previous show, we had a chat. Uh, Muzz and Frank actually just came back from the United States uh, within the last couple of months. Uh, so we're going to be going through their experiences that they had whilst they're in the USA, you know, shooting guns, yep. uh, talking to you know other firearms owners, law-abiding firearms owners. Um, as you know, Frank went to uh, Knob Creek and had a great time over there. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be talking, uh, spending a fair bit of the show uh, talking about their experiences. But as you know, guys, before we get into the show, we've got to do all the normal rituals like we normally do. Uh, social media. Mars, I think we've got about 8,500, I think, on Facebook, somewhere around there, which is not yeah, bad. Yeah, we're doing pretty good on Facebook. Thanks to uh, all, those, all those guys who gave us a thumbs up on Facebook. We appreciate your support and uh, keep them coming. Yeah, uh, facebook.com forward slash Australian Hunting Podcast. Uh, you can punch that in. It's an easy one. Now I did change the name. Um, I think it was some, some ridiculous number before, which was the designation of the page, but mm. I relabeled it. So now it's uh, yeah, facebook.com forward slash Australian Hunting Podcast. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash ah podcast uh, if you want to go to the website listen to the show absolutely you can do that uh, that's australian hunting podcast.com.au uh, if you want to email me you can go to the website and click on that contact icon if you would like to join us uh, of course you can listen to us on itunes you know i know frank just rocked up with one of the iphones so mm. um, a lot of people download it to the iphone the ipod the ipad and all the other i products they've got available um, so yeah, you can listen to us on the website as well, which is you know one out of the, out of those two. You know, a lot of our listeners are on iTunes, but they also use the website to listen to it uh, as well. Last week, Mars, we made a massive mistake. You know why? Why? Because we didn't actually we actually voiced out that we were going to play some listener questions, yes. which we got. Yes. Again, voicemails. Go to the website australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Uh, on the right-hand side slider bar, you'll see a big icon that says leave voicemail. We've got two to play today. We're supposed to play Andrew Gall's uh, on the last show. Yep. And we totally, totally stuffed yeah. up. Sorry, guys, if we forgot to play your uh, voicemail. Uh, we had a jam-packed show last week, and uh, uh, this time we'll definitely be playing them. And uh, thank you very much for sending them in, and keep keep up the good work. Keep sending in those uh, voicemails. Yep, so we're playing the voicemails from uh, Darren and uh, Andrew, so uh, really looking forward to that. Of course, our sponsors, Red Fox Outdoors, Double SAA Sydney Branch, and also the Exhibition Group, uh, who promote the Double SAA Shot Expos uh, all around the country. Yeah, so it's our first time having uh, three people on the show, so it's really, really exciting. I know Muzz was excited to get involved, and we had to uh, pull uh, Frank's leg a bit to get him here to have a chat to him, but I think that's really good because, you know, this is the first time we've had three people, and we want to yeah. see sort of how this works out. Um, you never know, it might even be a fourth person one day, so yeah. I think... Um, well, we certainly hope you guys enjoyed this show. If you really do enjoy it, please send us some feedback. Send us a few voicemails. Send us some emails. That, that will be much appreciated. We want to know what you think of the show today because uh, if it's a successful format, we'll definitely do it again, Jace. 
Absolutely right. We're going to go into uh, some of our emails first, Muzz. Uh, well, yes, we've got have some. A, have a look at them. So this one's from, I won't say his last name, but this is Daniel. Uh, awesome email from Daniel. 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 Damn. Sorry, Daniel. Butcher like, his name. I know. And I hate getting people's <laughs> names wrong. It's pretty embarrassing. G'day, Daniel. Uh, how can you get Daniel wrong anyway? Yeah. Pathetic. Uh, hi, guys. First off, I absolutely love your show and have been uh, binging on episodes ever since I discovered it. Uh, if I could be so arrogant as to offer some advice from my perspective, it would be that your show sometimes seems to be more about gun rights and advocacy than actual hunting. I know this is an important issue. But I would love to hear more about hunting techniques, gear reviews, and more content directly related to hunting. This is just my opinion, and I understand your passion for gun rights, as I myself choose to hunt with a bow rather than a gun due directly to the draconian laws and red tape involved with attaining a firearms license. Uh, as I am more passionate about hunting and the sorry, more passionate about hunting than the tools used to hunt. Thanks for providing the only hunting show worth listening to in Australia, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much for that email, Daniel. Uh, the only thing I can say to you, Dan, is you will not find any product reviews, tips about hunting on the straight shooting show. I mean, Jason's got plenty of shows out there with everyday hunter and people in the industry showing you, uh, giving you all sorts of reviews, tips and tactics of hunting. And there are a myriad of uh, publications out there where you can get hundreds of product reviews and online on the internet you just check it out whatever product you're interested in you just google it and you can get all your reviews you want the reason why we do this straight shooting show daniel is pure and simple uh like you said you hunt with a bow because you don't like the red tape and all that rubbish involved in getting a license well there there aren't any shows out there mate who advocate for gun rights in this country and this is why myself and jason wanted to start this show and uh this is what it's all about so but I think um, we have done uh, we've done some reviews. I mean, one of the shows we spoke about, you know, solar panels, getting the batteries and a yeah, trailer. We've done a few things. Done a but few things. Yeah, we've done a few things. I mean, the new sale of the uh, was it the Tika? We did the Tika. Yeah, is it Super Light? I think we did the Super Light. One yeah. of the, the new firearm that was out, the uh, stainless steel one. Yeah, we promoted the Adler. Fluted barrel. <laughs> we promoted the Adler. I think we should be getting uh, commissions from Nyla. <laughs> it'd be, it'd what do you be reckon? Good. What do you reckon, Frank? <laughs> yeah. You reckon I should get some uh, commissions from? Um, Nywa for uh, you know giving so much uh, publicity to the Adler Shocker. Yeah, he's, he's got enough money to share it around. I, I, that, 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 that would be good. Uh, well, um, I, hope, I hope he's listening. <laughs> no, Daniel. I mean, I think in the future, yeah, yeah. I do. I did speak to Mars. I think a couple of weeks ago about choosing a small topic mm. to talk about during the straight shooting podcast. You know, like a tips or tricks or. Yep. You know, shotguns, rifles, things that we sort of half know, <laughs> we pretend to know something about, I guess, you know, oh, yeah. it's important. You know, uh, you know, cooking out in the field, you know, we've done the YouTube channel as well, which... Um, yep. Um, I mean, myself and Jason, obviously, we don't know everything. I mean, we don't pretend to know everything either, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but then again, this show this show is, is about uh, telling, telling the people out there about what's going on with all the laws around Australia. So, Correct. you know, keep, keep going with, with what you, you guys are doing. Thanks very much, Frank. And, and like, I mean, honestly, we don't pretend to uh, know everything, but uh, between myself and Jason, we've got roughly about 30 years' worth of hunting experience. And I'm hoping that every now and then we could share some of that with you and also you, can, you guys can get involved and send us some emails and share them back. But, Daniel, thanks very much for your email, mate. Uh, our straight shooting show is primarily dedicated to waking up, I guess, waking up all, all the people, all the, all the people in this country that are getting their rights pretty much uh, stripped from right underneath their feet. 
So hopefully we can achieve that. And um, if it if it means that you'll be a lot more aware of what's going on around the country, well then I guess we're in one way, Jason, we've done our job. Yeah, exactly. All right, the next one. Who we got? Uh, Darren. Darren, awesome. Hi, Jason. I would just like to say thanks for your efforts in producing these podcasts. You conduct yourself very well and ask all the right questions. Well, that's different from the oh. guy that said I asked triple questions uh, on the uh, iTunes comments a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago. That's all right, but I know I do do that. Yep. He says, I've been hunting for 40 years, and I'm very pleased to listen to like-minded people. I mainly hunt foxes, but occasionally treat myself to a hunt in Arnhem Land on the trophy pigs and buffalo through tropical hunting safaris. Oh, that's all right. That's I, something we should do. Which one? <laughs> yeah. The hunting safaris? Yeah. Or, yeah. Up, up the top end. Yeah, I know. I think I'd like that too. I found out about your podcast through my son who showed me how to listen to podcasts. No more listening to boring radio for me. Your podcast is on constantly on when I do any traveling. Since listening to your podcast, I've now joined the Shooters and Fishers party, which was result from listening to you. Keep up the good wow. work. Darren. That's great. He, yeah, he's from uh, Waddle Glen in Victoria. Never been there, Darren, but I'm sure that's a lovely, lovely place. And I wanted to sort of say, I think, you know, every, everyone's different, aren't they, Mario? Mm. You know, we got some criticism last week, and we've got no problem reading that out. Um, we read all the stuff out yeah. that we get. I mean, provided it's good criticism, you know, yeah. if it's just abuse, obviously. Well, I've never really... I, we think haven't, I, I don't no. think we've ever received any kind of abuse, no. really. I don't know. No. I, I don't, I don't I think, think so. I've, I've never seen any email that... Uh, that would even remotely resemble abuse. I mean, no. we try to read out as much as we can. Mm. Uh, but Darren, thank you very much for your email. It's I'm happy that uh, you enjoy our podcast. And uh, g'day, Darren. And uh, if you're listening to right now in your car, I hope you enjoyed this show. Yeah, Great have- to hear from you, Darren. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, you know, trophy. Uh, where's Arnhem Land? Is that in the where's, where's top, end. top end? Yeah, I'll well, be hot up there. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, don't go in the middle of summer, mate. <laughs> yeah. If anyone knows me, they know I don't like the heat. That, that, I'm the same. This is Jason's really showing his age now. Where's Arnhem Land? <laughs> <Where's-> <laughs> Good one, Jason. Uh, sorry, guys. So you've been uh, hunting down down south too long, mate. <laughs> no, no. Only head up north during winter, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's about thirty degrees even in winter up there. It's the humidity. That's, that's what that's I mean. Right. Yeah. That's why I want to move to New Zealand. You know, there's <laughs> barely any humidity. <laughs> you got plenty of insulation, mate, and plenty of goose goose for you <laughs> to uh, to shoot, mate. <laughs> Good stuff. So what we're going to go on to now? Um, we, again, like we said a few minutes ago we forgot our, forgot our voicemails on our last show uh, so what we're going to do yeah, we're going to play some voicemails yeah well first off we're going to get to one of our American listeners awesome uh, that's right and, yep Andrew Gall so we're going to play Andrew's uh, question uh, and what he sent us in on the voicemail so here's what Andrew had to say hi Jason hi uh, Mario uh, my name is Andrew Gall I'm a hunter from Michigan uh, USA and I just wanted to let you guys know that there's a show on the Outdoor Channel that I want you guys to check out called Safari Hunters Journal. It's hosted by a gentleman by the name of Steve Scott. And he has a special segment on there called the Preserving the Heritage. And on the most recent episode, which I just watched, uh, he talks about legalizing the rhino horn trade. And I know this is something that you guys have talked about for years. And, and I was wondering if you could... On your next episode, hopefully on one of your episodes, you could get him on. And another thing, I really support you guys, and you guys are doing a great job. And you need to uh, get on the International Hunting Organization to legalize the elephant ivory trade and the rhino horn trade and all these 
different animal trades so these animals don't go extinct because unless we legalize it, these animals are endangered of going extinct. And I really appreciate what you guys do, and I hope you guys continue to do it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, uh, Andrew, for the uh, awesome voicemail. Um, I know, uh, what did you want to say first, Muzz? Yeah, well, Andrew, thank you very much. Um, very good voicemail. And uh, it just shows everyone that uh, we've got listeners uh, far and wide, not just here from Australia. And we really appreciate um, uh, the message you're sending, Andrew, from Michigan. Uh, okay, yeah, Safari Hunters Journal. We'll definitely check it out, Jace. Definitely something that will be on our list. Now, legalizing rhino horn and rhino hunting, legalizing elephant ivory. Now, this is something that I've been advocating, Jace, um, uh, for a long time because uh, I even have uh, a YouTube channel. You know my YouTube ch- channel, Jason. I've, uh, I've made plenty of videos there where I support the legalization of elephant hunting and uh, the rhino tra- uh, the ivory trade and rhino horn trade. Effectively, what you've got here is it's an absolute disgrace. You've got all these international groups who are lobbying poor countries that don't have much source of an income, especially in, in Africa, to ban hunting. And uh, the result is is that the ivory trade, the demand for ivory doesn't stop. The demand for rhino horn does not stop. Uh, and hunting legalized form of uh, acquiring the ivory and rhino have been blocked. And what happens is, is you've got an abundance of poachers in this country. And what they do is they go out and they butcher and massacre as much animals as they can because they know they can get a hefty uh, price for this ivory. Now, these people are usually in poor countries and they don't have much of an income and one good haul of ivory can net them a good year's, possibly two years worth of income. So it is very high incentive for them to do what they do. I agree with you 100%, Andrew. Yes, rhino horn... Uh, should be legalized. The importation should be legalized. Rhino hunting should be legalized. Uh, they should uh, monetize the whole thing. It will ensure the survival of the rhino. It should legalize uh, the elephant ivory trade. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. Like wonderful things are happening in Tanzania, uh, where they've got uh, a, a well-regulated, uh, uh, legalized hunting of uh, the elephants, and they pick out certain animals that are to be culled. And basically, uh, the population, the elephant population in some, those countries where the, where the hunting is well regulated and legalized is thriving. Uh, and uh, it's, it's absolute proof that the system works uh, because there is a value placed on the animal. And there's also incentive for the local people to preserve uh, the welfare of the animal as well. So, Jason, uh, wonderful, wonderful voicemail there from Andrew. Now, I believe Frank also... He's got something to add to this uh, in regards to a National Geographic uh, story about uh, a ton of ivory being crushed in Times Square, Frank. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, they um, they crushed a ton of ivory in mm. uh, New York in Times Square. And uh, a lot of people aren't happy about it because they're saying that that ton of ivory could have um, could have been sold and the money then could have gone to to help the wildlife you mm. know it's just just a waste an absolute yeah, waste yeah. and also I'll, I'll, what you you were saying there muzz so when poachers are taking are taking ivory they're just mm. killing the animal cutting yep. cutting the ivory and just letting the animal rot that's right and where where it's done in controlled ways yep. where the whole animal is used exactly the whole animal is used nothing's wasted don't forget too i mean the local governments have to spend money 
on financing all the hunters who, who are going out to catch poachers. So that you know, yeah. it's, it becomes a war. And if it's all legalised, well, you get you get people coming in from overseas mm. paying trophy fees. Yep. Number one, and then the 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 actual animal is used by the local people for for, for meat. That's right, correct. And I just thought that this this one. This crushing of all this uh, one tonne of ivory in Times Square, I just thought it was absolutely appalling. I mean, what do they think is going to happen? It's not going to kill the demand They all applauded and got excited and went, yay! Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Well, all they've done is is they've raised the price of ivory. And uh, they're creating scarcity in the market. By taking away ivory from the market, you're creating, uh, you're creating scarcity, which raises the price of ivory. So, I mean, all of a sudden, one elephant was worth maybe 50 grand worth of ivory or where it might be. Tomorrow, it's worth now 60 grand because they've just taken one ton of ivory out of the market. It's an absolute uh, disgrace. Hey, Mar, speaking about that, let me go into here too, um, which Frank was just mentioning, the National mm. Geographic, um, just while you guys were talking, I found the article. Yep. New York, in front of a cheering crowd, my you a cheering mm, crowd right. in Times Square on Friday. This is uh, Friday, or sorry, June 19, 2015. Um, gov- the government officially placed an orderly carved elephant tusk into a conveyor belt. The piece of ivory rode up the ramp and fell into the track packed to 260. Sounds pretty exciting. The $50,000 pound rock crusher groaned, shook, and spat out fine white dust. After a few minutes, dust was all that was left of roughly a ton of tusks, jewellery, and other ivory products that the US Fish and Wildlife Service and other agencies seized over the past few years. Um, this is the, and the next, uh, I won't yeah. read the whole article, but this next paragraph is yep. probably the most telling. Today's crush represents a message to poachers that their greed will no longer be tolerated, said Dan Ash, the director of Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, who also provided over an ivory crush in Denver in 2013. Ash added that the lifeless pile of trinkets represents elephants slaughtered to promote the global trade of ivory. Those trinkets include an assortment of carved figurines and tusks, many in the likeness of living things from tigers to trees. Well, so. the, well the only message they sent to poachers there, Jason, is that uh, the, the ivory is going to be worth a lot more now because they've done nothing to kill the demand. So how on earth uh, they, they think they've done anything here? This is another example of misinformation. The only thing that this represents, and the reason why they've done it in such an iconic place as Times Square, is because it's an attack on, on normal conservative uh, Americans, people who love hunting. It is an attack on them. It's like saying, well, if you're going to go and hunt, we're going to go crush your ivory. That's all it is. It's a political message. This, this, this play is nothing more than a political message. It is, will do nothing to stop the trade of ivory and especially with, with poachers. Don't and, you think, Frank? And do you think, and do you think uh, the poachers are going to take heed to that? Well, <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> They're laughing. No way in They're the They're laughing. World. I don't I'll think say, most of those the poachers... The demand has just got higher. You know what, Frank? I don't think most of those poachers even got a TV to exactly. be able to see the event. Exactly. You know, so how Can you imagine if, if it was well regulated? Yep. Um, you know, that have all the ivory in the world. Well, the proof is there. All the countries that have got well-regulated <laughs> hunting. Hey, you know what they're doing? Yeah. All they're thinking now is, oh, hang on, we were getting this much. Oh, we're getting we, no more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just got a twenty percent pay increase. <laughs> well, Jason, as I said, the proof is there. Every country out there that's got well-regulated hunting system, um, where they where they keep an eye on the numbers of uh, elephants and and rhinos and so on, with the animals for thriving. And the other thing is too, what we need to remember, there is a growing wealthy. Uh, class of people coming from China. 
Okay, China is a very wealthy country now, growing middle class. And probably and, that's where that's and where the demand of Ari, yeah, demand yeah. of Ari is only going to go up. So I'm I'm really sickened by this because I could see the demise of the elephant in many countries where hunting is banned. Yeah, as a good uh, voicemail from Andrew. So thanks, thank you very Andrew. much, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Uh, the next one we've actually got is a uh, bit of praise, actually, Muzz, uh from Darren. So we're going to play Darren's voicemail message. Hi guys, my name's Darren. I'm a contract shooter. We shoot out northern New South Wales uh, every month or so. Uh, culling. I, I just love to say that uh, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, I love listening to you. And I don't know why you're copying this sort of criticism. I mean, I know it's got a good feedback, but mate, everything that comes out of your you guys' mouths, I love. And I'll continue to support you and keep up the good work. Cheers. Well, then you just heard from Darren, which was a uh, great voicemail message. And, yeah, we thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. last week we, we, we did read out. Yeah, we read out all, all the you know, voicemails yep. we get. We read out all the emails, whether good or bad, and we're happy yep. to give, you know, people airtime for, you know, quality feedback, even if it's, even if it's um, you know, sometimes constructive criticism. We welcome that. We're trying to do we things better. Do. And yes. we hope you guys enjoy this. As we say last week, it's a lot of work. I mean, Frank... You know, he, he listens to the show. and he, uh, you know, pre- When you're listening, I guess you can appreciate it maybe for the hour, but it takes many, many hours. I mean, you know, even just sitting here tonight, like, what have we been here, guys? A couple of hours preparing. Yep. We had yep. some dinner. Um, you know, we, we ran through a few early starts and we had, had to start again. And it's just, it is a lot of work. So, you know, thanks, Darren. And Yeah, thank you very much, Darren. And uh, in response to that, uh, I got a, an email back from Vic. Oh, yes, we before yeah. we go to far, you can't yeah. let Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it. And you might remember on our last show, uh, we read out an email from uh, Vic. Um, we, we went through each paragraph, and we got an email back saying from Vic saying thank you. Yep. And Muzz is going to read out Vic's yeah, no, uh, return this is a great email. email. And we really appreciate your feedback, Vic. And he said, just listen to the Sharp Shooting podcast. Oh, it's straight shooting, but it's all right. You can call it Sharp Shooting. That's a good name, too. <laughs> That's a good name. Okay, yeah. Should we change it? Oh, no, just leave it straight shooting. <laughs> we just, li- uh, just listened to the uh, straight shooting podcast. And thank you very much uh, for how you handled my email. I feel that your responses have allowed me to understand a little, bo- little more about you guys, even if we don't agree on some, on some things. In regards to the best gun possible, I did mean fit for purpose, as you described. When I say I don't have a passion for guns, I basically mean I see it as a tool to help achieve the goal of a quarry to the table. Just like I see my fly fishing rod and mushroom knife for the same purpose. Fair enough. Mars, you probably did say firearms are designed for self-defense and not to kill, so I apologize if I misquoted you. My thoughts were more around the fact that firearms should be respected due to their potential lethality. Beck Brammer, in your last podcast, was also quite amazed at how little knowledge, both practical and theory, some Victorians have in regards to firearms before they go to her shop and purchase one. Yes, they are deemed competent by law, but each individual, we all have a duty of care in every aspect of our lives, whether it's work or play. I might be a nerd, but I actually went to a few ranges and learnt to use rifles and shotguns before I went out and bought one. Okay, yes, very good, Vic. I appreciate your email. Thanks very much for responding. And yes, a lot of guys that are new to the sport, when they go buy a firearm, they don't really have that much experience. But, you know, we shouldn't be too hard on them. We need to make sure that we, uh, especially all you experienced guys out there, do everything you can to introduce new hunters to the sport. That's right. They need need mentoring. Everyone needs mentoring. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes, you know, it's not that easy to get your hands on the firearm and to have that sort of knowledge 
the practical experience before you actually go for a license because they're really I mean the government have, are so anal really on firearms there's, there's, there's not many places where you can actually go yeah, and uh, and true. shoot I mean uh, there's uh, the try shooting days for example at the yeah. SSA St. Mary's Range I'm not sure in your particular states like Victoria you know Tassie or WA wherever it might be I'm not sure if they've got similar programs running but uh, if they don't I mean speak to your local club Make sure they've got a lot of try shooting programs running and try and get that um, organized in your club if they haven't got it to introduce more people to the sport and get them, um, anyway, get, get them familiarized with firearms so they've got a little bit of background knowledge when it comes to doing their license. But thank you very much, Vic, uh, for your email. We appreciate your feedback, mate. And uh, what's next, Jason? What have we got on? Yep, all right. We've got a, a good one uh, this week, too. Uh, this one is abc.net.au. Uh, this is ABC News, obviously, uh, posted Sunday, 12th of July 2015. South Australian gun law overhaul would see ownership bans and permanent amnesty introduced. A further tightening of South Australia's gun laws have been announced by state government, including ownership bans for people convicted of certain crimes. Police Minister Tony Piccolo said the state's Firearms Act was vague and had been amended in a piecemeal way since its introduction in 1977. Mr Piccolo said the latest round of proposed changes, the second in less than a fortnight, would crack down on criminals possessing firearms. Uh, To go down further, he says we are also exploring how we might tighten up the rules around domestic violence and gun ownership as well. Well, you know, I'm not That's sure. That's unbelievable. You know, it is they, unbelievable. They, 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 they want to tie gun ownership with domestic violence. It's just absolutely appalling. How many people, I guess, are, are shooting their wives, girlfriends, husband with firearms? I mean, well, in a domestic violence case, that doesn't generally involve, yeah, say, and murder. Also, and also, why tie it in like that? Because if you are a firearm owner and as soon as you get an AVO on you, yep. you've lost your guns anyway. Exactly. So why bring it up in the first place? If you're Ooh. someone who's violent, um, you know, you beat your missus, whatever, mate. As soon as, as soon as you're, uh, as soon as you're reported to police, that's it. You've that's lost it. your guns. So how on earth are they going to tie? You know, but this is this is the typical ABC journalism that tries to tie firearm ownership with domestic violence. It's an absolute. And for up. people who don't know any better, yeah. you know, they just believe it as gospel. Uh, exactly. Go on, Jason. Yeah. Um, it says, oh, this is here, it just gets worse from here. Uh, consideration is currently being given to ways to improve gun storage laws. And min- Mr. Piccolo said prospective gun owners would also need to give a ra- valid reason when applying for a license. Well, isn't we- it already? <laughs> isn't it under, under the National Firearms Agreement? Yeah, well, that no. already is in place. Like, uh, I don't know what they're talking they're, they're, about. They're just beating this up just to, to you know, it's like... They're writing they're, things for the sake, sake of having a story. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. I mean, like, and what about what, what does that mean? Improving, uh, you know, storage laws. Improving what, it for what, who? For th- what? Thicker saves, you know, thicker metal safe. What, you know, what? It's ambiguous again, it's, isn't it? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it keeps getting disturbing. He says, if you just want to own a gun, so you can own a gun, that would be insufficient reason. He said, well, it we can't is. do that anyway. It already is insufficient reason. But, 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 but in saying I don't no, know what sort of gun laws they got in Victoria, but I'm pretty sure no, they South Australia. Oh, sorry, South Australia. I'm pretty sure it should be uni- yeah, largely under, under the national largely firearms uniformed yeah. with the national firearms agreement. So um, I don't know what they're talking about. But go on, Jess. Anyway, and the next one again gets even more disturbing. If you give a reason that you wish to protect yourself, that won't be a legitimate reason. And that's yeah, and that's, that's already now. that's already now. But it's already know, there. It shouldn't be, but <laughs> it is. 
I know, totally. But even then, I mean, even then, like that, that more reading that. Well, I should be able to defend myself. That's my point. Exactly. You know, and if I want it, what is if I want to own one? Because I want to own one. Whether I want to go sporting, yeah, that's shooting. right. We all agree about that, Jason. What, what, but yeah. but yeah. you know, uh, why are they why are they writing this? What, is just, what if a woman wants to protect herself from domestic violence? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a legitimate reason to own a firearm. No, you're not no, allowed not, to. Not work. even pepper spray. Not even pepper spray. You're a bad person. Unbelievable. <laughs> then it gets worse. Now we've got extreme. <laughs> here we go and then oh, this is this is why do they always do this they pick the lowest form of rat right to just screw over sporting oh, shooters gosh. retired judge at kelvin prescott who is a keen sporting shooter so yeah. basically he's probably a, a bench rest rifle shooter yeah, i yeah, don't know maybe yeah. not uh, he attended today's announcement alongside police minister tony piccolo and said he strongly supported the government's proposals the view in the sporting community is that these changes are welcome Oh, huh? yeah. By who? I don't think so. <laughs> Just check this out. I don't even know what this means, right? We need rapid registration of firearms. What is rapid? What, how can you have rapid registration? This is like the whole new slogan. Yeah, but rapid- isn't all, all firearms supposed to be registered anyway? Like, oh. what are they talking about? Oh, I don't even. Well, you know. Well, he's most, obviously retired. every gun you buy at any gun shop. Yeah. Has to in, be any, reg- in any state, in virtually, uh, unless I don't know if there's some states out there that still got well, arrested sale of firearms. By, I don't think by, there is. By the sound of that, it I looks don't like think it's, there is. It's uh, the National Firearms uh, Agreement uh, doesn't apply in South Australia, <laughs> but I doubt it. Well, any gun you any gun you buy at a gun shop has to be registered. So I don't know what they're talking about. We need rapid registration. Uh, it's, rapid. Just, it's just written for people who don't know any better. Yeah. That's all in, it is. In, instead of a, a booking system, we now need to use computers for rapid registration. <laughs> rapid. Right, and then it says, "Yeah, uh, Mr. Prescott was involved in the consultation to draft the laws." Well, I'm sure he was. Oh, yeah, he's God. been paid all his life by the government anyway. What a knob! The majority of firearms offences. This is again. This has been uh, uh, blown out of the water so many times. The majority of firearms offences occur with either stolen firearms or unregistered firearms. Well, me and Mars have a bit of a disagreement here because well, I hang say, on a second. So what they're saying, it's got nothing to do with the law abiding. <laughs> Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> but we're gonna, but, but we're gonna punish the law biting anyway. <laughs> That's how uh, it always works, doesn't it? Can't, it's uh, try hard not to laugh, but what can you do? It's just unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. And then it says, "We as firearms owners can do a lot to carry out our part uh, for what is a community safety issue." Again, complete hogwash. Same thing. Other countries, New Zealand have yeah, no. We're not. We're not. Um uh, dangerous to the community. We're law-abiding firearm owners. Yep, exactly. And, so you know, so them, there's there's no there's no. You don't have to be scared of us. We oh. don't go around robbing robbing banks or, or or that sort of thing. But they're also saying that unregistered, you know, or, sorry, re- unregistered firearms and or stolen firearms. I mean, is the issue. So therefore, what about other countries that don't, don't have registration? Aren't having a lot of these issues either? Exactly. Canada, New Zealand. We've said, oh, but it I guess times. other countries don't have to classify their firearms as registered or unregistered because or none of them are registered. <laughs> <laughs> or cate- yeah. category A, B, C, yeah. D, H, G. Yeah, or the whole alphabet. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, he I'm said sure he- they'll introduce more categories in the future. Yeah. You know. But going on to finish off, he said he also backed consistent nationwide gun laws. I mean, I'm surprised this guy's actually a shooter. I mean, he'd make a well, a very good uh, uh, member of the Greens, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd well, make a very good member was, of Gun Control Australia. Everything that was mentioned there uh, should, should already apply under the National Firearms Agreement. Oh, well, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's more you know, wonderful journalism from ABC. Oh, yeah, typical. Yeah, so we're going to go on to one of our next articles. 
Yeah, the next article we got, this one's very interesting. We we had the uh, Adler shotgun, which, you know, has been making massive amounts of news across uh, the country. We know it, Muzz, as you know, Frank, Muzz, I'm not sure if you know, but Muzz yep. put a, uh, a deposit on an Adler shotgun. Oh, yep, yep. yep. So, and um, I'm urging everyone to go and get one. <laughs> yeah, I've got an IAC. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, what do yeah. you think of the IAC? You like that one? Yeah, uh, I I know that a lot of people uh, have had problems with them, but touch wood, um, my one I, I haven't had any problems at all with. So, And I, lo- I love it. It's a nice little gun. Yep, fantastic. So this one's interesting. Uh, this one is calls to restrict new rapid-fire shotguns. Uh, this is by Patrick Phillips. Now, this is an interesting one because, again, this was a massive uh, muzz, as you'd know, a social media backlash against these two individuals. I'll read a bit of it first. It says, District shooters have supported a move by government authorities to restrict the sale of the new rapid-fire lever-action shotgun about to hit the market in Australia. However, they said any attempt to instigate a retrospective buyback of lever-action firearms is not feasible. With more than 6,000 Australian orders for the new Turkish-made Adela 110, authorities have been weighing up the possibility of limiting the firearm to a Category C licence holders and away from Category A general licence holders. It has also been suggested that all lever-action firearms should be moved into Category C, which would instigate a nationwide buyback. More than 40,000 lever-action firearms are already owned by licensed shooters in Victoria, with 1,063 under the Category A classification. Mm. Now, this is where it all of a sudden takes a really, really bad turn for the worst. Yeah. Now, before I wanted to say this, I have had a chance to email and speak to um, Rod Drew from Field and Game, which I actually forgot to mention to Muzz, uh, yep. because I sent them an email about this. Uh, I, and again, I wanted to make sure that uh, Rod Drew and the good guys at Field and Game Australia there in Victoria do a fantastic job. And these uh, views by these, um, I'm going to say people, because I'll use a different word if I, if, if I don't, uh, these uh, comments are not indicative of Field and Game Australia or the uh, Kyabram Field and Game branch. Now, it said Kyabram Field and Game member and licensed firearm instructor Frank D'Angelo said the government would be sensible mm. to move the new gun into restricted Category C, but doubted whether a buyback was achievable. He said the shotgun should be put into the Category C, no doubt, he said, but I don't believe they will be able to perform a buyback purely because of the economic impact. Uh, when they did the buyback in 1996 after Port Arthur, the money they handed out was massive. I had a semi-automatic myself, which I paid $2,000 for. When I handed it back, I got back $3,000. I actually made money from that firearm. I don't think there is the same type of public sentiment for such a move today, though. And then to make things worth, it said, it said again, Kybram bounty hunters and vermin controller Jason Varco said he would also like to see the weapon moved into Category C. He said weapons were uh, sorry, these weapons were too powerful from, from, for ordinary clay target shooters or recreational hunters and should only be used for vermin control. It would be a weapon we would use, and for good reason, he said. Quite often we only have two shots and you are shooting at very quick vermin. If you had a second or third shot, then quite often you'd get the fox on the third or fourth shot. It means we can be more efficient at what we do. If we go after a a fox and can't hit it in the first two shots, then we have to reload and the vermin could run over 50 metres and out of range. Uh, So basically, these turds, I mean, sorry to say it like that. Um, I mean... No, you you don't need to apologise, mate. 
Look, look, the thing is, Jason, we're always going to have people like this among us, unfortunately, as, as fortunate as it is. He talks about, oh, I had a semi-automatic, I paid 2000 and the government gave me three grand. Well, well done. Yeah. Jeez, aren't Good you, aren't you, a, a, aren't you a gold-plated deal? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I this, bought a car in the 1960s you know. for 20 grand. It's now worth <laughs> 25 grand. Yeah, no worries. I mean, you know. Let's just, you know, disarm it's like, the it's whole like he's country. boasting that he made $1,000 over the buyback. I mean, is this guy yeah. for real? This oh. pisses me yeah, off. And also, and also, yeah, it's all right. It's all right for him to um, to um, say uh, that we can't have it, but he's obviously got a Category C, hasn't he? Yeah, Absolutely. well, and, I'm, I'm and not going to Yeah, it's, obviously it's, he, he th- has. Th- these are the people who are constantly trying to divide us and saying, well, oh, I can have it, but you can't have it because you're an ordinary something. You know, it's, it's unbelievable this language they use. Frank D'Angelo and Jason Vaco, hang your heads in shames. You are a pack of gold-plated dills. Dills. Absolute dills, and you have absolutely no idea what you are doing. Um, you have caused so much damage to uh, the shooting community. Uh, to be honest, uh, mate, I, 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 I don't know what to say. You know, you're always going to have people like this among us who actually believe all the BS that the government is telling them. So, yeah, but if they have this view, that's okay. I don't care if they have the view. Why would you purposely go into the media yeah. and say you got two thousand, $3,000 for a $2,000 shotgun? That's Frank D'Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other guy, which obviously has a Category C from what we've seen in the uh, thing, saying, yeah. well, you know, I should have it. But you shouldn't have yeah, it. You oh, can't. Oh, I've got oh, a genuine and also, reason. Also, one day, no, I'm better than you. I should have it. He, he used to be. He used <laughs> to be a normal, normal shooter before he got his category C. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable, these guys, and uh, it's just really, uh, on, honestly, uh, we are always going to be struggling with people like this among us, and it's up to us, I guess, to uh, try and uh, do the best we can to educate the young sh- up-and-coming shooters to understand why our freedoms are so important and why it's not the gun, it's the user. We are law-abiding, responsible people. We have a right to own firearms. What guns we use, we buy, whatever, is does not really matter. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, you either can be trusted or you can't be trusted. It's that simple. So Jason Vaco and Frank D'Angelo... Uh, Thanks for nothing, guys. Uh, you know, you've done a really good job at uh, making uh, uh, gun owners look like a bunch of deals. And you are you two guys are the deals. So, you know, I'm really sorry that you guys had to go out like this and say these things. But um, hopefully the Adler shotgun will be a 100% uh, Category A firearm and completely legal in almost every state. And I heard, Jason, actually, that uh, in Canberra, they said they've, uh, they've, they're going to make it a prohibited weapon, which is, absolute, which is an absolute uh, shame. It's a disgrace, really. I mean, why would they do this? I mean, every other state is going to allow the sale of the Adler. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. What it's about, just... like, the IAC? I've had mine well, for exactly. over Look, five years. I know. Hey, Frank, speak of that, how many does the IAC hold in the tube and then one in the chamber? How many does it hold? From memory, I think it's five in the in the magazine and one in the yeah. chamber. So, so it's so, a six round. So it's, uh, yeah, so technically yeah. that's going to be, I reckon what they're going to do, this is only my opinion, uh, because it's a seven shot, which I right. would presume it's got a bit of a mag extension, which you, you saw from the Niowa uh, uh, torture test video I'd say what they're going to do is they're going to drop that magazine capacity to five rounds right. and one in the chamber which will make it well technically make it category A so basically this whole change of this firearms issue with this Adler yeah. to reduce it to a five shot but to, to reduce it to a five shot plus one equals six so one in the chamber five in the mag right 
So they're dropping it technically down by one shot. Yeah. And they're going to go to all this effort to drop down the firearm from having one extra shot. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Makes no difference. It's absolutely crazy, really. It's absolutely crazy. It's not like it's got a, you know, detachable 30 or 50 round mag. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking, you know. It's not a machine gun. It's not a machine gun. (laughs) We're not talking this sort of stuff. Like we said, guys, the thing we've noticed too is that there's this new buzzword floating around, rapid fire. That's it. Yeah. Two last two weeks I've been hearing this. It's a rapid fire fire shotgun. What's next? The rapid fire bolt And it's always been rapid fire since the 1800s when the lever action was invented. Yeah, well, it's unbelievable. It's just, you know, they're going to use these new buzzwords and they're going to try and, I guess, uh, attach these new buzzwords to all types of guns to make them sound all, you know, evil and uh, nasty. So anyway, Jase? Yeah, to follow up, there also was another uh, article, which we're going to read as well, following up on this one. Many fellow Field and Game members called for Mr. D'Angelo to be kicked out of the group, Mm. which forced FGA's head office to issue a statement today supporting the Adler as a Category A firearm. Uh, it is now appropriate we clarify our stance on this firearm. Uh, Mr. D'Angelo's comments calling for restrictions to be placed on the Adler were reported in a local newspaper and supported by Kybram Bounty Hunters and Vermin Controls' Jason Varco. Mr. D'Angelo said he had been a member of FGA for more than 10 years and said the seven-shot capacity of the new Adler required a Category C listing. Well, he didn't say exactly that, but anyway. Mm. He goes, if they, and this is what Mr. D'Angelo said, if they want to terminate me as a member, they can go for it. But I am allowed to have my say. Yes, you are. He, he told yeah, the Weekly but- Times. Hang on, this is the this is the kicker. The ones that are kicking up a stink probably can't shoot anyway and need extra shells from the Adler to hit anything. It's I just, mean, yeah, but didn't didn't this the is guys just say this stuff, mate? That it's unbelievable. They needed the extra shots when he's doing his vermin control. What what, what difference is it? Because he's got a Category C license and we haven't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Frank. Good point. He he said, oh yeah. We need it because we need the extra shots to get rid of these exactly. vermin. Well, but what then, about and, us? And then he's telling us that, oh, if you need it, you probably can't shoot anyway. What a <laughs> gold-plated deal he is. <laughs> it's, um, this guy's just stupid. unbelievable, right? Anyway, so you've got a, we've got a, a response here from Firearms Owned, Firearm Owners United, uh, United on Facebook. This and was it great, says, yeah. Frank D'Angelo and Jason Vacos, how dare you think you speak for the entire shooting community? Hand in your firearms and shred your license. You do not deserve them. That's it. <laughs> That's from the Firearm uh, Owners United. And look, look. to be honest, that they are right. They, they do have a right to have their say, okay? But what they're doing is they are throwing the entire shooting community under the bus. And it's, that's that's it's Why that would they do that, though? Why do that? Why? I don't you know. You can think I, like I, that and not know, buy you know one. Just don't buy is. one. It comes down to the fact that people in this country just don't understand their freedoms, Jason. I mean, he's boasting about how he got free grand for his gun. Whoop-de-doo. You know, well <laughs> done. You've just sold your freedom. Good on you. You know, yeah. give yourself a, a bloody medal. Yeah. I mean, people like this just don't understand... Um, I was upset to uh, hand how it lucky in, but I got are. three grand. Well, people don't understand better. how lucky we <laughs> well, are or were, or uh, lucky we are or were to uh, to have the freedoms that we have and how precious they are and how we've got to fight for them. And here they are boasting about how much they got for their guns. Sorry, Frank. I, I reckon it's just stupidity. Uh, all, all I reckon all, um, he just w- wanted his uh, say in the media and and he's doing it in a bad way for all of us. You're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. We're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. If you're heading for the bush this weekend... 
Don't. The Double S Double A Shot Expo is on with hunting gear from the world's biggest brands, the latest hunting gear and optics from Europe and the USA, and four-wheel drive accessories from Australia. The Double S Double A Shot Expo. R&A Showgrounds Brisbane, August 22nd and 23rd, supported by Swarovski and Winchester. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and hoppies gun cleaning products. Red Fox are also major online retailers for the popular Aussie Maxbox brand and the rest of the innovative products distributed by Eagle Eye Hunting Gear. All at Red Fox Outdoor Supplies. So go to the website redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or phone Greg on 0412 495 712. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? Double S Double A Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit sydney.net. Okay, now, in regards to that, guys, now we're going to go on to a new segment and I remember last week I did uh, speak about being proactive about our rights and writing to your politicians and so on, especially regarding the new Adler firearm, especially regarding uh, the upcoming review in the NFA. And I've got some uh, examples here of activism. Uh, I've got a letter here, and I've also rang up uh, 2UE's uh, Stuart Bocking. Yep. And we've got the video, video. Uh, uh, sorry, the audio, the, the audio soundbite from that. Uh, so hopefully it'll uh, prompt some of you guys to uh, become a lot more active in the media and writing to your politicians. And before we before we go on to that, I actually must admit we uh, listened to it. I hadn't listened to it yet, and uh, Muzz did bring it over, uh, and it was actually pretty good. Uh, Muzz did a really good job. I was, I thought, uh, and surprisingly, Muzz, um, what did you think? I think um, Stuart. Uh, Bocking, whatever his name is, um, gave you a pretty good run. Yeah, no, he gave me a fair go, and I appreciate that. And um, I'm very happy that uh, I, you know, I got on radio and he called me. But a lot of people don't know this. I, I do this quite often. I always, when I listen to the radio, whether it be 2GB or 2UE, if I hear an anti-gun story and I know it's absolute bollocks, I ring in all the time. And sometimes, Jason, to be honest, I find myself sitting there wondering, and, you know, hang on. There must be at least 20,000 gun owners listening to this right now. Is anyone going to call? And sometimes you hear, you can hear the crickets. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you guys doing? And I know a lot of us, you know, we're tradies, we're workers, we're, you know, uh, doctors, lawyers, whatever you might be. We are busy working people. I understand that. Okay. But I guarantee you out of the 700,000 odd gun owners in this country, there would be at least 
couple of thousand, if not a couple of hundred at least, that will be listening to this stuff all the time. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Ring up this station. Tell them that it, you know it's BS. You know, fight for your rights. I mean, every single time they sh- they have an anti-gun story on the radio, their switchboard should light up with at least 50 calls wanting to have their say about why they're wrong and so on. And um, it's, it's sometimes really heartbreaking when I listen to an anti-gun story and there is not one person that calls back and says it as it is. And I think we're a little bit yep. slack on the activism. So today we're going to show you an example of activism and what it... Uh, what it uh, sounds like and uh, what you need to do. And I've got a letter here. I've got to give him credit before he starts where credit's due. He, he start, you can tell he was a little bit nervous from the, yep. you know, the jump in his voice, but you know, finished strong. And actually, surprisingly, Stuart really gave you a good run airtime. Normally, yep. other radio stations or generally during the show, you really, I don't think you could really refute what you were saying. Um, he gave you sometimes, you know, even two minutes without interrupting to let you talk. I mean, it was fantastic. Well, you don't really get much time on the radio. You probably get about 20 seconds at, at best. And I, and I really wanted to mention the podcast on the radio, but I didn't really get a chance because he, we finished up that because he had to go to the news. But uh, And uh, we're going to play that clip right now, Jason. And, yeah, you uh, First, and I hope you guys first. enjoy that. Yeah, we're going to play that right now, and here it is. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls. Yes, Mario, good morning. Yes, good day, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Mate, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to um, highlight a ABC program, 7.30, I yes. think it was on Tuesday, regarding yeah. the Adler 8. Oh, this is the, the uh, lever shotgun, yes, yes that's yes. capable of firing uh, eight cartridges in very quick succession. Well, mate, I think it's an absolute beat-up. True to form, ABC, um, they had two anti-gun people on the show. Yeah. They had the reporter and they had the distributor, Robert Neuer. Well, that's right. Well, and he wasn't anti-gun. Had... I mean, he was the no. distributor. I mean, he's trying to sell as many as he can. Exactly. But my point is that they had, they had, no, one, they had no one from the program lobby. And also, Stuart, I just want to highlight something. There's already a vast array of firearms on the market that can do exactly the same thing as the Adler shotgun. It's an absolute beat-up just because it's a brand-new product. Yeah. Um, the Gun Control Australia are out there marching on and uh, trying to tell everyone that, you know, because of this, there's going to be, uh, you know, mass shootings or whatever. They're just stirring up fear, more fear in the public. And, then, and the other side of the story is just not being told, Stuart. And the fact is, is that already there are a vast, around, vast array of firearms, including bolt action, including lever action, and also it comes down to the user too, Stuart. There's many, many guys out there that are involved in Western Action Clubs that can shoot just as many rounds with a side-by-side shotgun as you can with a lever or a pump or any other firearm. Right. Yeah, so they, they, seem to be conser- they seem to be concerned that it you know, had features or traits of a pump-action shotgun and that uh, it shouldn't be able to get the lowest classification for a rifle, uh, which would allow uh, more people to, to have access to it. Um, but, but I mean, well, they, they did have the distributor of the gun there. In fact, they showed the gun being shot at the distributor's own rifle range. Yeah, that's correct. But I, so, I, I mean, they're, 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 you could say they're pro-gun, aren't they? Well, of course they are. They're sure, trying to sell them. Of course they are. But my point is, is that I've, I've done actually some research, because I've got several firearms. Yeah. And I've done some research and with a couple of friends of mine. And you can shoot... Okay, uh, out of a lever, a lever firearm a shotgun, which is already currently available on the market, it's an IAC shotgun. It's not that much different to the Adler, and you can shoot 20 rounds in about 42 seconds. Now, compare that to a side-by-side shotgun, which you, which uh, some people who are very proficient with it, especially in the Western Action Club, can shoot 20 rounds in 28 seconds. Right. All right, and this is already perfectly legal 
firearms that are available in the market is not, hasn't been a problem. And I'm just trying to highlight the fact that it, it's not about how fast you can shoot two or three rounds in succession because the lever-action shotgun has got a built-in tubular magazine which you actually have to, leave, have to manually reload every single time you uh, run out of rounds, which yeah. takes a very long time. Now, well, fair so enough. That's, now, that, I, and, I, and that's, I what, they, and that's yeah. what they that's what they don't show. That's what they don't yeah. show. So, no, well, they show the, the eight being rattled off in quick succession. I, I did see the, the program earlier this week. It looks as if it's going to get the green light anyway. So, well, it should. Yeah. It should. Right. I, I just want to highlight that it's yeah. an absolute beat up. I think any police commissioner or police minister out there that knows any a little bit about firearms will realise that it's a complete beat up by Gun Control Australia. All right. And to be perfectly honest, mate, they, they really all they're doing is trying to drum up more fear in the community in, in terms of firearms and trying to beat more of us uh, law-abiding firearm all right. owners. Well, appreciate the call, Maria. Thanks very yeah, much. Not at all, mate. Have a nice weekend. Ten to midday. Yeah, now there you go. You've just heard uh, me on 2UE's Stuart Bocking show. Certainly hope I've done a good job uh, in representing uh, the law-abiding gun owners. And tell no, us that what... was great, Mars. That was yeah. good. You heard that? Good. that was good. Yeah, you gave you good time because I think you, you're engaging. You had something to talk about, not just blabber yeah. on like some people do. Well, what do you? I'm going to say it. It was a complete beat up. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So. How many times did you say complete beat up? But I thought yeah. it was great. Well, look, I just I wanted to put the booting uh, gun control Australia really because uh, they just want to always sensationalise these things and uh, always attack the law yeah, abiding. That's all they ever gun do. Owners. That's all they want to do. They want to attack the conservative voter base, uh, the, the law abiding gun owners, and that that's their stock and trade. So I just wanted to attack them and their credibility a little bit because really they have none. Uh, so if you guys think that I've done a good job or bad or whatever, if you have any comments regarding that whatsoever, please send us a voicemail or a, or an email. And I encourage a lot of you guys, when you hear an anti-gun story on the radio, please ring up. Their switchboards should be lit up with all these pro-gun people that want to have their say. And you know what? After a while, they're going to stop running those stories because they know it's going to attract uh, a listenership that uh, will not be happy that they've ran that particular story and represented us in the wrong way. So I encourage all you guys to please start ringing up these radio stations, be polite, be respectful, and say it as it is. Okay, now, I've got a letter here which I have written to uh, Federal Justice Minister Mr Keenan. Now, uh, this is a good example, guys. Now, remember, I've always said it only takes 10 minutes to change the country. Now, to make that phone call was only five minutes, and to write this letter was another five minutes. And hopefully, you know, a lot of you guys will be inspired by this and uh, be able to do the same thing. Now, here we go. Jace, this is my letter to Justice Minister uh, Michael Keenan uh, in regards to the National Firearms Agreement. Okay, dear Mr. Keenan, I'm aware that there will be a review of the National Firearms Agreement as a result of the recent events in the Sydney siege. I asked myself the question, what possible laws would have prevented this madman from doing what he had done? I always come up with the same answer, none. I want to make it absolutely clear that I do not in any way support any changes to the NFA that will negatively impact the law abiding. The NFA is an absolute disgrace in a free country like Australia and the Prime Minister should have the courage to abolish it. I also do not support any change to the wordings that will leave way too much room for wrongful interpretation that may also result in negative impact to the law abiding. Any proposed changes should focus on relaxing the laws and be positive for the law abiding as the legal fire as as the legal firearms and outdoor recreational market is a huge asset to the Australian economy and should be supported by our government like they do in NZ and Canada. 
No matter what the laws are in, set in place, the criminals will never obey laws anyway. And I can assure you that the anti-gun lobbies do not, no, do not have the country's best interests at heart. Thank you for your time. Uh, if any negative changes arise from this review, the government and yourself will completely lose my support. Thank you. Yeah, did you get that off the internet? No. No, <laughs> no that's, uh, that's all, of my, all my own words. And uh, it's straight to the point. It is less than less than one A4 page, as you can see there, yeah, Frank. No, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. It's Mario. less. It's very simple. And, uh, what, about pretty, half a page there? Or? Yeah, just less than half a page, one A4 page. And it's very simple to the point. And you, yeah. like I said before, you only got about 30 to 45 seconds to capture um, the attention of a, of a politician. So uh, make it simple, make it short, sweet to the point, and uh, uh, take, put those emails out there, put those letters out there to the politicians, guys. Let them know how you feel. Let them know that you don't want any negative changes, that you want the NFA abolished. Uh, you don't want any changes to the um, to the Adler shotgun. You want it legal, Category A. Uh, you know, write those letters in, guys. Write those letters. What do you think, Frank? Yep. Yeah, we've got to do that. I know. Um, what I want to say too is we always said it was easy, and we always say this on the show. And I've said it a thousand times, but get a little USB stick. Remember, like I said, Muzz, we always carry little USB sticks with data, um, or drop, use Dropbox on your computer, whichever one. And when you draft them up, save them into that specific um, MP's name. So on my, on my list, I've mm. actually got all my MP's folders. Uh, then I've got uh, those individual files when I've actually written to them with the name of them and the date. And then if I need to write to them again. I mean, rarely their address will change, really, you know, from their um, office, their uh, parliamentary offices or the ones in Sydney. Uh, all you do is change the date, change the uh, uh, label at the top, like the, you know, it might be re-Adler shotgun. So you change it to whatever, you know, specific topic you're actually going to be talking or you addressing with them. Yep. And then you just put a new body in the email, print it out. It's probably five to five to six minutes. I buy a bunch of, um, what do they call them, st- not st- stamps? Okay. Yeah, in the book. In the book, yeah. exactly. And I've got, a hundred envelopes. There's no stick them in a drawer, mm. and all you've got to do change the date, change the heading, put your body in, print. Go, you know, when you go, yeah. you know, your wife or girlfriend or, or husband, boyfriend goes to the shop, stick it in that thing. It's, I can't yeah. believe how important it is because yeah. you know we and, these and people are doing it out there. We're not. A lot of people aren't doing it, yeah. um, and there has been a big push on Facebook that they don't. I, f- I feel people are getting a bit more passionate, especially since those comments we just read mm. from those goobers down in Victoria about the Adler shotgun. People yeah. are. Uh, you know, it's been, there's been a bit of a social media campaign, um, you know, to write letters, and it's been fantastic. Well, I've written to Bridget McKenzie, Senator Bridget McKenzie. I've uh, written to um, Bob Catter, written to David Lionhelm, of course, and uh, the Prime Minister. Um, now. The important thing is here is to make this as easy as easy as possible for yourself. The easier you make it, the more uh, the more regularly you're likely to do it. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, don't make it a, a full blown essay, three four pages talking about all sorts of stuff because politicians will just glaze over that. Yeah. No. Or, or whoever's reading it is just going to glaze over and say, "Oh God, not this again." At least if they see you know? two, yeah, three, short par- and sweet, short exactly, and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. If they see two or three paragraphs, and another reason too yeah. much, people often will get a response back which is generic bullcrap. Yep. Right. Don't take that. Don't go. Oh, well, it's generic, and then forget about it. What you guess what you do then? Get your paperwork out again, dear minister. Thank you for the uh, generic response you gave me. <laughs> blah blah blah. Please answer my questions. I would like a response back in exactly. writing. Make sure you say you want a response. If you don't, uh, they won't give you a response. It goes in the bin. Like another thing about emails. Emails can be lost. Um, they often sometimes delete them. Uh, you know, you know they don't say that they do, mm. but if you don't get a response, they do. Make them work for it. Make it a paperback. They've got to go pick up the mail scan it, 
put it on their system, do a response, email back out. Can you imagine that that person in the, let's say, premier and cabinet or in their parliamentary offices that has, that's got to do that crap? Can you imagine it? Yeah. What a dankless job. Imagine getting a 1,000 letters. 5,000. So, so as you say, Jason, always say at the end of the letter... I want a response. I want a response. In writing. In writing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No worries. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you imagine, can you imagine getting 10,000 and then they've got to open them, read them, yep. scan them, provide a response? We just want to be a pain in their butt. Exactly. As much exactly. as you possibly that, can. Well, they're it's a pain about out. sending a strong message that, you know what, what you're doing is not popular. Yep. You know, yep. if you want to restrict more firearms, if you want to increase the pain on law-abiding, you're going to suffer a massive backlash. Yep. So yep. that's what we need to tell them. And you need to tell them directly, you do this, you will lose my support without a doubt. And that will basically tell, give them a strong message, oh, my God, we're going to lose a lot of votes over this. And let me tell you, they're very likely to backpedal on a lot of those issues. So anyway, guys, um, keep going with that. Uh, don't forget, uh, let's not be the shrinking violet in the, in the corner of the room. Let's stand up for our rights and be vocal. All right, we've been having a few conversations, me and Mario. We've read this a lot, uh, from our, even from our shooting organisations. Yep. We just heard it, uh, Police Minister Tony Piccolo saying, yeah, basically it's a privilege mm. to own a firearm. So, Muzz, actually, we did some research. Um, and I wanted to talk about America. People say even though the right to bear arms, Second Amendment, etc., also, too, even when they, if they do something wrong in America, they've got a criminal record. The Second Amendment doesn't guarantee you the right to continually own firearms if you've actually committed certain offences. Yep. Under the you know, they do the background check under the FBI. If it comes back positive, obviously you don't get the firearm. That's you it. Know? Yep. So that right can be taken away yeah as long as if we just get free rights to you know commit as much murder or atrocity yeah. or you know constant drug dealing or whatever it may be and still get access to firearms so we actually did we did a, a bit of or must actually did a bit yeah. which is fantastic a bit of research uh, about what a right is and well, what a privilege is yeah well frank uh, and uh, jason as you know it's an age-old question is it a privilege or is it a right to own a firearm in this country well a lot of the politicians tell us it's a privilege even people within our own organisations tell us that it's a privilege, yeah. that it's not a right. Yeah. And you know what? It got me thinking. And I wrote a little bit of an opinion piece today, and, um, and, I, and I've done a little bit of research. Now, even our wonderful leaders of our organisations, like Jeff Jones, says, as I said earlier, and I quote from Jeff Jones, this is from his president's message. Which we, uh, quote, which one, which magazine was it? Which uh, sh- shooting mag letter from the... Uh well, this is uh, Jason, uh, um, the, last the one? Australian Shooter Magazine, July 2015, the President's Message. Okay, And I quoted this uh, in the last episode. He says, As I said earlier, we don't have a right to firearms ownership in this nation, but I, like many others, want to live in a land of choice and freedom. Okay, fair enough. He's saying we don't have a right. So that basically got me to do some research. And uh, what that basically means is, is that a lot of people have been getting it wrong. They've been getting it flat out wrong. After doing the research and checking out all the different meanings of what a right is and a privilege, I've come up with basically this, which is basically a summary of all those different meanings. Now, a privilege under under various dictionaries, okay, online and physical dictionaries, Macquarie dictionaries, this is basically what a privilege means. A particular benefit, advantage or immunity enjoyed by a person or class of people that is not shared with others a power or exemption against or beyond the law it is not a right 
but rather exempts one from the performance of duty, obligation, or liability. That's the meaning of a privilege. So it's similar to, say, for example, when you hear that people in parliament are using parliamentary pr- privilege yeah. to say certain things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to say in, in, in everyday life. Yeah. So they basically a privilege basically exempts you from certain things or gives you privileges above the law. Or privileges, you might, for example, be part of a certain class of people, like the extremely wealthy, for example, who have the privilege to fly around in you know beautiful, wonderful private jets and so on. So that's the meaning of a privilege. Now, the meaning of a right. A right. So hang on, before we go on there, you're saying a privilege, a certain class of people. Well, everyone without a criminal record in this country that's over the age of 18 yep. uh, is allowed to have a firearm. Exactly. It's not ju- they're not just saying, well, you know, people from Queensland can own a firearm or uh, a yeah. certain race of people, Australia, no. white people, exactly. Asian, black, yeah. doesn't matter. So, yeah, what's yeah, the, let's, that's go, right. let's well, talk about the definition the- of a right. So, there's a couple of different different definitions here. Number 1 is a right, morally good, justified, or acceptable. Number 2, true or correct as a fact. Number 3, a moral or legal entitlement to have or to do something. Right? So think about that. A moral or legal entitlement to have or to do something. So we have a legal entitlement in this country to have firearms. Every man and woman over the age of 18, under the law, who has not committed a crime, not subject to any kind of uh, restriction whatsoever under the law, has a right to own a firearm. Not the privilege, a right under the law. Now, there are different types of rights. For example, there's constitutional rights, and they are, they are rights that are written within the Constitution to stop the government from taking your rights away. Mm. Or rights under the law, under the law of the government of the time, which have uh, basically which we vote in, and they basically write the laws or change the laws. And under the law of Australia, we have a right to own firearms, not the privilege, a right to own firearms. So absolutely, without a doubt, firearms ownership is a right in this country. It is not a right, however, that is... System, in the current system. In the current system. system, yeah. It is not a right that is protected by the Constitution. No, like in it's, the a United right, States. it's a right that if you meet uh, certain criteria, yep. you're allowed to have... Exactly. Yes. It's not a right that uh, exempts certain people, no. for example... Right or a certain race or a certain class of no. people, yeah. or poor exempt, people or rich or, people, or rich yeah. people. Doesn't matter. exactly. Yeah. Right, it is a right that it's afforded to everybody. Yeah. Okay, so provided it, you meet the criteria, yeah, don't have under yes. the law. Yeah. Everybody under the law, right? Okay, so that's the difference. And uh, what what is a real shame actually is we've got people like Jeff Jones in the double S double A, and some and let's, people. Let's not say Jeff Jones because this just happens to everybody. No, it happens it. to everybody. But I mean, particularly Jeff Jones because he is the president or national president of double S double A. And really, he should know. Yeah, exactly. He should know. I mean, uh, it would do help uh, to do some research before you make statements like we don't have a right to firearms ownership. Just, in as this country. you say, if we if we meet the, if we meet the certain criteria, as in not uh, not breaking the law, yeah. not being a criminal, yeah. Well, we're classes fit and, fit and proper people. Well, um, correct. Now, under the law, you have a right, Frank, to apply for a license. Yeah. Once you've got, uh, been granted that license, you have a right to buy a gun. That's it. You absolutely have a right to buy a gun. 
Yeah. It's not. It's not the privilege to buy a gun. No, we've got the right. <laughs> it's exactly the right. right. Buy, not the privilege. It's the right to buy a gun. The privilege is uh, just described there. It isn't a, a, a right for us to to own uh, firearms. Absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. Um, when you look at the definitions and under the law, yes, that would be correct. Now, if Jeff Jones, like I said last week, uh, had said that in Australia we don't have a constitutional right, then he would be correct. Yeah, that's but it. Is because it is not a right that is uh, protected by the, the Constitution, Constitution, like, yep. for example, it is in the United States. But we're no different to the United States, Jason. I mean, in the United States, if you if you do something bad, you break the law, guess what? The police are going to come after you and they're going to take your guns, whatever guns you got. And that's yeah. it. And that's <laughs> it. Um, um, the only difference is that we have to be licensed and they're not. A- a- exactly. Spot on. And, and if you're a criminal there... You, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to suffer, the, you're gonna suffer exactly. the same consequences. So. so gun ownership, yes, it is a right. So a lot of people on the internet are saying it's a privilege. They are saying it. They're, they're not saying the right thing. They don't understand the meaning of the word privilege. Uh, gun ownership is not a privilege in this country. It is a right, a legal entitlement uh, under the law for every man and woman over the age of 18, as long as you meet the criteria. Yep. So that's what it is, guys. I've hope, I hope I've... Uh, Done a little bit of uh, I've hope I've done a good job actually in uh, research. <laughs> no, and that's that's great, Muzz. That's yeah. that's excellent. Yep. No, good stuff. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, I think now we should give uh, Muzz some feedback. So if you want to write in, you want to leave a voicemail, send an email, uh, write to us on our Facebook page. Absolutely, because Muzz did I think a pretty good job in that. And when I actually uh, you know heard the definitions, which I didn't look at either, um, that sparked Muzz to do a bit of research. Uh, to, uh, and gave you the data that he just gave them, which I think is you know fantastic. Again, like you said with with Jeff Jones's comments, I mean if it's, if it's not a constitutional right, we understand that. So it can be yeah. what you know, it could potentially like in '96 be wiped out at any time. Uh, but under the current system, we have a right to own firearms. Exactly, and so you should in a free country. It, it, the moment that you have absolutely no right to own anything, that's we're, the moment that we've communist. become a communist totalitarian yep. nation. And uh, until then, you absolutely do have a right to own firearms. So that that's what it is. So I'm just disappointed at, at, at our leaders of our organizations who are, are writing such things and simply don't know the, the definition, the meaning of the term, and are, and are basically uh, putting negative messages out there that they shouldn't. So hopefully, uh, less of them will do that, and hopefully so I've armed you guys with the knowledge out there to... Uh, correct them when it needs to be done so anyway jace uh now let's go we're going to move on to the next segment We're almost just a bit over an hour in. We're going to be having a, you know, and I said this on the last show. I know Frank's been, we had a chat before the show, and we've, I've known this for a while too, but uh, we've, he's been to America before. I've been, oh, what, 03, uh, oh, no, 02, 03, a bit of 04, 08, 09. Yeah. That's it. I haven't been back for five years. Oh, you've, and, been, you've been a few times there, Jace. He's well-traveled. <laughs> 
And I assumed when Mario, like, you know, this douche, douche sitting over here next to me. <laughs> the douche. I assume he'd uh, spruiking about the United States and the NRA quite considerably, that he'd actually been to America before. But he's very passionate. Yeah, exactly. But he, again, he looks a lot of the shows, does a lot of the reading, has the magazines. I just thought he'd been there before. And then when I asked him, I said, well, you've been there before. Because when he came back, the way he was talking about it, the excitement, uh, I just assumed he'd been there. When I said, oh, well, you've been there before anyway. And he said, no, I haven't. I went, well, I thought you had. <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, uh, to Frank. Uh, Frank went a couple of months ago to, didn't you, Frank? Yeah, in, a- in April. Yep. And I'm going again in another three weeks. Oh, see, this is just I can't a, get enough of the place now. <laughs> he's rolling in the cash, mate. He's got plenty of cash. He's travelling everywhere. Yeah. So we're going to basically talk about um, their experiences, what they did. So uh, Frank going to – we're going to concentrate on Frank at Knob Creek. Now, it's the machine gun shit. I'll let Frank explain that. And Mario went to uh, B- Battlefield Vegas in Las Vegas. And yeah, a fun well, time. Um, went to uh, California and Nevada, uh, Las Vegas, Arizona – Visited a couple of interesting places. Um, wonderful time. Excellent experience with the family. Uh, but what I'll do, Jason, I'll let Frank uh, start, start us off uh, with his experiences in the United States uh, just uh, recently in April. All right. So, Frank, we know you went to uh, Knob Creek. You know, it's a machine gun shoot. They have a great time there. Yeah. Tell us, I mean, how did you, you know, first off find out that you wanted to go you know, to Knob Creek. Why did you want to go there? How did you find out about it? I actually um, I saw a video on Facebook, and then I uh, I went onto YouTube, and 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 saw and saw all the um, all the videos about it there, and and it just it just blew my mind. I said, "Wow, you can you can go there and see all these guys firing off machine guns, and you can even you can even rent machine guns there, and and." And and fire off fire off machine guns and uh, I just said wow we'll have to go there. <laughs> how how did you go about getting there? How did you did you go for a longer trip? Did you just go purely for? Yeah, no novel? no I went there first. Uh, it was it was part of um, uh, an overall um, trip. So I went to to Knob Creek. That's in um, um, West Point, Kentucky, and then from there I went to New York, and then after New York I went to Detroit. And then back home. Yeah. So how many days, like, when they have this, how many times a year do they have it? How many days for it each time? Yeah. So the machine gun shoot itself goes, uh, it, it's a biannual event. Uh, it happens every April and October. Um, wow, that's all, I can't believe they do that twice a year. That's unreal. It, it's like, um, from from what I've seen there, it's like a, a biannual meeting point for, for Kentuckians and... And the and the the rest of the uh, gun enthusiasts uh, of America. Yeah. So when you went over there, give us like a so you, how many days does it go for? Did you say? Uh, it's a three day event. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, event. The the main day uh, is the Saturday. That's the big day because um, so it goes all day and into the night. Then they have the uh, the nighttime shoot. The nighttime shoot is only on the Saturday, and I tell you that is just absolutely spectacular yeah how many people would you say i mean you said i think you said it was ten dollars you know to get in to go and yeah it was yeah probably ten fifteen dollars yes it's around that figure it's not it's not uh it's not expensive uh and um well, how many people over the weekend do you think yeah how many people over oh, the weekend went i would say at least twenty five thirty thousand wow easy wow easy and when you were there i mean what was i mean obviously you've never been to the knob 
Creek machine gun shoot before. No. So when you walked in there, what did I mean? What, what what was your first thoughts? Do you think when you've gone in there? Well, I went I went there I went there the the day before the 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 start. So I, I went there the um a Thursday afternoon where everyone was setting up, and I just I just I had I had a bit of time because I arrived there the day before, and I said I had some time. So because I, 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 I rented a car. Because you need a car if you're ever going to go there. Uh, you need a car to yeah. to drive around there. So I went and checked checked it out. You know, just the the gun shop itself, the the Knob Creek Range gun shop is just something else. It's just it just the the guns, the guns on every wall, the guns and ammunition that's there. It's just you you'll never see anything like it in Australia. You're like a kid in a candy store, man. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and for sure. Uh, Frank was even showing me photos on the iPad when he came over, and uh, I'd seen a few before, and I just the, the cheapness of the ammo and oh, oh, it's just everything there. It, it, you're just constantly going, wow, wow, look at this, wow, look at that. And when you're in there, well, first off, let's have a bit of fun. What types of yeah firearms did you you know? Because you can, uh, you did speak to a few people, and you got to go. Was it on the firing line and got to uh, spend some uh, yeah, money? You can, you can. Um, there's this one guy on the actual line itself uh, that you can. Uh, if you want to fire a, a machine gun, you can. Good old America, you can. <laughs> and and so you, <laughs> you you've got three firearms um, that you can shoot. You can shoot a uh, a two two three machine gun, sixty rounds in a magazine. Uh, you can shoot a three oh eight uh, fifty round belt fed, and you can shoot a uh, fifty cal um, twenty round belt fed. Right. How did you one? What was your favourite? Oh, a- absolutely the fifty cal. <laughs> I uh, I actually was I, I shot the I did the package and um I did the three on the uh, Saturday and on the Sunday I I just had to have another go of the, of the um the fifty cal yeah and you shot the uh, Tom, was it Tommy gun Tommy gun oh yeah well I made friends with the guy the guy who um who who rents them out and because I uh, had uh, had another go with the 308 and i was there just talking to him over the weekend you know we made friends and that and he let me uh shoot a um a thompson machine gun as well so that was great <laughs> that was great yeah frank i saw that video of you shooting the tommy gun that was that was unreal and then the uh, background and, and then the background <laughs> with a with a mini gun you, you couldn't have timed it well you couldn't have timed it like that video was just fantastic um so the video in the middle of um me firing the um thompson machine gun the minigun goes off in the background, so... It's unbelievable. When it, watching that minigun, the, the guy just pumped so many rounds through that thing. There was so much brass on the floor. <laughs> there, was some, there was more brass on the floor than the than at the end of the uh, busy weekend at the range. You know? like, I, I it was just unbelievable. Of, I kind of felt sorry for him. Cause when he was shooting the... Uh, uh, was it the, well, the, the Thompson? Thompson. The Thompson. Um, you know, he it, shot for about what five, maybe five or six seconds, a couple of short bursts, and then you just hear in the background, <laughs> and this thing it is took, it took the thunder away. <laughs> yeah, it did. hey, didn't you say, Frank? The guy that owns that minigun actually owns an ammunition factory. Yes, he, he owns an ammunition factory. Yep, yep. You uh, should have seen. I mean, if, and again, if Frank will, I don't know if he will. I don't know, sure, if you give me the you have access to the videos, but if people want to see that, maybe he might give it to us. I don't know. I'll ask him after this. But it's just amazing, just to see the, the the brass coming out of this firearm absolutely unbelievable 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll give you that video of the uh, of the, um, the mini gun so you can show the viewers. Oh, great, uh, the view, uh, you guys are going to love this. Uh, hopefully, Jason will put a link uh, on the page, and then you can have a look at Frank uh, uh, at the Knob uh, Knob Creek uh, machine gun shootout. Yeah, I was going to say. So when, mate, you know, people go there, they say, "Oh, we, we you know, we don't want." you know, the American gun culture here in Australia. Uh, give me an idea when you were at Knob Creek, me, uh, meeting people, yep. chatting to people. Yep. What did you think of the American shooting fraternity? Uh, they are just uh, a great bunch of people. Uh, like, I went there by myself, and Jason, I made so many friends there. It's just, it's not funny. They, they, are, they are so friendly. Um, uh, I, I can't say a bad word about them. Very courteous, polite, Very, yep, uh, yep, unbelievably um, accommodating, yep, helpful. Uh, really, honestly, uh, me when I was in America, my experience was just like they're just the best people I've ever met. And uh, I'm not saying that cause just because it's America. I'm, I'm just uh, I really mean that. I've travelled around the world as well, um, uh, a fair bit across yeah, so Europe, have I. Asia. Yeah, yeah. So, so is Frank, and I mean he would agree with me. Americans are just the most wonderful, friendly, polite people you could ever meet. And while you were there, like on the three days, and you see anyone, you know, any crazy people, so to speak, any no. fights between other major, uh, other gun owners? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Everyone was there. It was just like a a, a big happy family there. Because Every, everyone, everyone who goes there, uh, you know, we, you know yourself. We're we're all we're all we all like this common common culture of guns. You know, oh, it's culture of freedom. A free, exactly. We love our freedoms. Exactly. We exactly. love our freedoms. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, you know, and people, uh, uh, my friends, after seeing the videos, uh, I've had a, a couple of friends of mine say, weren't you scared there with all those guns everywhere? <laughs> I said, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's I felt, amazing I how people fine. can get scared, isn't it? Like, I've heard that, like, oh, that scares me. And I'm like... Mate, to me, it's like wearing a pair of shoes now. Yeah, it's just to get you know yeah. yourself. Now, uh, now I don't know if you guys know at all. Now, the guys on the line, the guys on the line there who own the machine guns. See, in America, uh, if you own a machine gun, you've got to be licensed. So, so any 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 sort of machine gun, mm. you've got to be licensed. So, at least these people are licensed, yep. like us. Yep. So, why should you feel? scared exactly and i mean they're not going to give li- give you the license if you've got any kind of criminal record exactly you know if you've been if you've been done for a couple of things they're certainly not going to give you a license well, well so, one, uh, one of the guys that I, I i i made friends with there um uh, he who, who was shooting there uh he was actually a um a, a university technician he he'd, he'd go to university labs and fix up the analytical equipment so you know this guy, hmm. yeah, mega smart, yeah, 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 yeah. How did you feel like when you were there? Like you know, you're shooting, seeing these different. I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I've never experienced these types of firearms either. So you've got definitely got uh, one up on me. I can tell you, I can tell you. As soon as you, as soon as you, so I was there from the start, from from the beginning of of of, of the weekend, the start. Um, the guy, the guy there um, sings the national. American national anthem, and you know the flags are out, and you're not expecting it in the in the um, in the actual um, in the range area where they're shooting. And, you know the Ameri- he's, he's singing the American anthem, and then towards the end, luckily 
a guy who I made friends with said, towards the end of the American anthem, a big bomb's going to go off. Yeah. And so, if yeah. And luckily he told me because it was good because at least I knew it was coming up. So I'd do the American anthem and next, next thing, you know, kaboom, the biggest bang you've ever heard. <laughs> and then that was the start of the, 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 the weekend. And so he, they all came back in. And when you first hear the, your first machine gun, like, you know, obviously you've seen it on the internet, on TV, but when you first hear the first machine gun right, right next to you, it's just something else. Yep. Tell them uh, an interesting one. You know, when they're shooting downrange, what are they shooting at? Well, they've got various uh, um, targets. Um, so in the beginning, there was um, a big demountable building. Uh, you know, those aluminium demountable buildings. Well, the guys were shooting incendiary rounds, and after an hour of shooting, that, that was all melted and, and burnt down. Um, hot water heaters, um, uh, washing machines, uh, cars, uh, gas, uh, empty, uh, empty gas bottles. Jeez, imagine the destruction, Jason. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, you've seen the photos, haven't you? Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, was it, you know, like what, what, to them, you know, when they're shooting, you know, those types of things. Like, I mean, you can imagine here if we're at it, like, you know, we're in New South Wales, so they go at Silverdale, you know, we're shooting, you know, demountables. For, I mean, we can't even shoot unapproved um, yeah, targets. targets. Yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously. Like, or, this has got 3,000 foot pounds. <laughs> we can't have 3,100 foot round. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't they're it? firing 50 cows, mate. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know? And they're worried about unapproved. Oh, you unapproved could, targets. Uh, <laughs> especially if they're human targets. You know, like, ser- like, unbelievable. These people are having the best time of their lives. We're worried about some... You know, rapid fire slogan. I mean, we're worried about uh, uh, you know three thousand storage. Yeah, imp- you know, I've got security detail, but you can't own a gun for self defence. It's not a genuine reason. I mean, it's just it's 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 out. Uh, okay, speaking obviously, um, it's like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> you you were telling us too. You got to have a chat with a few people, and normally at Knob Creek is what you've told me. Tell the listeners. Um, when you're up near the, actually not at the firing line, you said most people can't go there. But you had a chat and people invited you. Tell them about that. Yeah, well, um, I really, really shouldn't say no, too much. No, this is unofficial. Really, no? Yeah, I okay. really shouldn't say too much about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, but yeah, you know, Frank got to shoot, you know, all these amazing types of firearms. But when you're inside, for an example, did you have conversations, you know, with other firearms owners and get to chatting yeah, about yeah. our well, gun laws? Yeah, like and, in the cafeteria, like yep. having breakfast. And, you know, like I said, I went by myself. Mm. So every day, I, I just, I don't mind uh, talking to people I've never met. So I'm easy going. So, yeah, having breakfast there. And um, and then they ask you, oh, where you're from and so forth. And uh, then, you, you know, start up a conversation. And then they start asking about Australian gun laws. So I tell them, well, we can't have semi-automatics and, and you know, and all that sort of, and they go, what? What? We can't have you can't have semi-automatics. What's going on there? I said no, no. We are only allowed bolt actions and and uh, and lever actions. No semi-automatics. Oh, so you, you can't have machine guns? I said no. I certainly can't have machine guns. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's just. Um, yeah. it, well, it, it, 
when they're actually saying that, like they can't, they can't believe it. Like, what's the sincere look? On, the sincerity look on their face. They just oh, they're just puzzled. They're just yeah. yeah. It, it's it's un it's like unheard of. It's unheard of. A, a lot of times, uh, Americans because they're so used to their freedom and uh, the, yeah, they, they, they love the things they do and they really take them a lot. To be honest, for granted. Yeah, um, they just can't believe that a lot of the other places around the world you simply can't do this and especially in countries like australia because they always hear about australia as you know the the great outback you know down under yeah you know the big country down south you know it's like it's like a a, a, it conjures up an image of a a, a big free country you know uncivilized well, you know, it conjures up an image of freedom, and they think that Australians are pretty much um, just as free as them. Yeah, you know, but uh, it's quite not. It's really not the case. And uh, I was actually quite surprised, as uh, especially when I was in Las Vegas speaking to one of the blokes out there in Sportsman's Warehouse, who was one of the guys working behind the counter, and and he we, were, we struck up a conversation about uh, what it's like in Australia and all that, and he was just bewildered. Yeah, when I told yeah, him, they're all like that. When yeah. I told him the the things that we've got to put up with, he was just bewildered, and that's the only word I can describe, because he just could not understand why on yeah. earth uh, we've got laws and like I that. Said because, it, I said it many a time when when I was in conversation on on this subject, and I and I, I've always said that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. That's it. Mm. I guess if we had this here, you wouldn't have to go there, exactly. would you? Exactly. If, if we had this and, here. And in another three weeks' time, uh, I'm going to a, a fireworks convention. Yeah, the we're... same thing again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can't do the things that I, that I will be doing in the US. Mm. Isn't that amazing, Frank? I mean, in, in the United States, they've got fireworks conventions. Yeah. I mean, where they get amateur fireworks makers and, to, to and compete. And you can go into competitions. Competitions. Into I mean, competitions. You've got a lot of states there in the United States where, you know, fireworks you can buy every day of the year. Yeah. And uh, you can create your own fireworks. You can buy components. You're allowed to like make fireworks. You're, you're allowed to make your own. I yep. mean, it's just um, it's just a complete uh, another world, yep. really, um, where it's, it's, it's difficult to describe to the average person listening to the show, that the freedoms, the freedoms that we have lost, the freedoms that we have lost that you that you just, people in America just take for granted. Yep. And uh, but, mate, Frank, I'm I'm uh, so stoked when I see your videos. <laughs> it just brings a massive smile to my face when I see those. Well, hopefully, hopefully in three weeks' oh, time you'll see some more, mate. man. And I reckon it's going to be one of the best weeks of my life. Honestly, they, they are some of the best videos that I've seen. And I've seen a lot on YouTube and and, uh, and other places, Jason. But Frank's videos of Knob Creek are some of the best videos uh, I've seen of machine gun shooting, along with Steve Lee. Steve Lee does always a tour at Cambodia. He goes to Cambodia quite often. He takes a whole bunch of guys with him um, to uh, go shooting machine guns and uh, have fun in Cambodia with a motorbike trip. So, I mean, that, that's also something that uh, a lot of you guys, if you're interested, can, uh, you can do. But to Knob Creek, fantastic. You know what, Frank? I'm really looking forward to one day going with you. Oh, I, for sure. I, We've got I, to go, Mars. Absolutely. And you too, Jace. We've got to go. What, you're going to leave me out, man? We've got to go, man. We've got to go. Well, we're going to leave you to polish your new car, Jace. <laughs> We'll talk about that a bit later. Um, about Knob Creek too, you know, when um, you, you, they've got an on-site gun range, yep. and it's not just the shooting, but go along the line, what types of um, different firearms were people shooting? I know you said there was a cannon. Tell them about the cannon. Oh, the cannon. Whoa. On this, a big trailer. This cannon. Oh, um, 
I reckon and, it would and, have been, and what it was shooting, what it was shooting. Well, he he actually shoots a um, a soup can full of concrete. That's the projectile. <laughs> what was he shooting That's, it at though? What was he shooting it at? Oh, just just downrange. Oh, downrange. No particular. Well, you know, it's a massive. You've seen the photos. It's yeah. a massive cannon. Um, yeah, but when that goes off, mate, you know it's going off. It's just Kabul. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> so bring your hearing protection. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. No. Can you imagine that? Like I mean, back it's in the just, back in the and day, you know, this guy, this guy, and so uh, Knob Creek's in Kentucky. Mm. This guy lives in Michigan. He, he he's got to drive through yeah. for four or five states wow. to go home. Imagine doing that sort of thing here. Wow. You know, driving with the driving, cannon with the driving cannon with the cannon in the back of your truck. <laughs> it's just you know Oh, oh you wouldn't want to beep at him. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around on your bull. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Bit of road rage, and, and it was and it was it was specially made. Like uh, the owner of it, uh it was nice nice guy. I, I must have spoke to him for for nearly an hour. Um his father built it. His father passed away four years ago, but um uh, he he still goes there twice a year to keep the tradition going. Hmm. Yeah, so in honor, in honor of his father. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. Anyone you talk talk to there, they're just great people. It's just amazing, isn't just it? Just great people. What, what what would you say your highlight was of the whole trip? What do you think? Well, the highlight. Oh, I, look the whole weekend. The whole weekend. It's just I can't. I, you can't put it down to well that. For that whole trip, I was away for nearly a month. Knob Creek was the highlight for the whole trip. Yep. New York was good. New York was great. But, you know, I'm a gun nut. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're extreme, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying, too, I know you said they had the on-site gun range. They've got, obviously, the shooting the shooting section, the shooting line. What else do they have there? You said there was um, people in the group, like, uh, what do they call it, like a show was there as well? Like, there's a gun show as well there with all oh, the exhibitors? Oh, exhibitors? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you've got your range itself. And so in this biannual event, so you've got – You've got the machine, the machine gun shoot, and a military gun show. Now, this military gun show, it's not the biggest in the US. I know that there's there's much bigger, but this actual gun show is a thousand table, a thousand table. Uh, it's it's covered, and not only that, to the side of it, there's another great, great giant big shed. So. Yeah, actually, Frank, you know what? I saw photos of that you were showing us, mm. and that was just absolutely blew just my mind. Racks oh, and racks of racks guns. Racks and racks of ARs, yeah, machine ARs guns. just in parts, all different Mate, parts. All different, all different types of parts, ammo, like as long as the eye can see. Absolutely and just also, mind-boggling stuff. Also down the back, also down the back, because I'm, I'm also a pyro, they was, there, was a, there was an area where you could buy your firework components. Wow. Chemicals. Wow. And components, you so you could buy everything now. Unbelievable, everything. What did you think of? But just on a different topic, what did you think of just in general uh, driving around United States and just basically the feel of the country? Do, do, do you feel? How do you? Where would you describe it, Frank? Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. The highways are massive. Yeah. Massive, and you know, once you once you get used to driving on the other side of the road, you're fine. Yeah. It's all good. Would you ever go back to Knob Creek again? Would you do it again? For sure. Yeah? For sure. Within the next two years? Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Hopefully what? we'll be coming with you, Frank. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. 
I got a good question for you. Like, obviously, you've seen the firearms over there. You know what we can own in this country. You know, yep. you've got firearms, you own them. Um, you have bold actions. You've got other types of firearms as well. If you were over there, what would you like? I'm like, it's maybe not. Let's not talk about obviously the license in regards to the machine gun stuff. What would you own? What would be say the first two or three things you'd buy if you could? No, obviously, there there's no license for you know, pistols, long arms, anything like that. What would you buy if you had a chance? You you moved over there. Well, yeah, if I've moved over there, uh, well, three oh eight semi-auto for sure. That's number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to have an AK. I also <laughs> fired an AK there as well. Mm. So, you know, that was an experience. Um, yeah, semi-auto shot, shotties. Everything semi-auto. Some, stuff that I haven't got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Frank, you looked very comfortable uh, firing that Thompson. Uh, oh, it was great. Uh, so Just the, that minigun the, the, stole, yeah, stole the thunder. It stole the thunder. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when you when you were handling it, that that just looked so natural. Oh, it was great. Oh, I could see, I could see how much great. fun you're having. And when he, oh, you couldn't wipe the and, smile and, off your face, when, <laughs> when he was loading the magazine, I said, "Hey, stop, stop, stop! I want to load the magazine." Oh. He let me load the magazines. That was that was sixty round drum magazine. Wow! And the, the uh, Chicago it typewriter. Just, it was just fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Mate, Frank, sounds like you had a great time there, mate. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And next time I go, you guys are coming. <laughs> you imagine three oh, days definitely. of just, you know, watching them, chatting. So, so that's one, one thing I'd enjoy. You, and even do it, mate, can you imagine doing a, a podcast over there, talking to people, oh. talking to... Welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Have... Here we are live at Knob <laughs> Creek. <laughs> and then you're all of a sudden... <laughs> and... <laughs> all of a sudden we get overshadowed. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have plenty of people uh, who, who will be willing to, to, to talk to you there, yeah. Jay. Well, one, one more, one, one more question. Actually, on one of that, like when you're on the line, yeah, or, or what you're looking at, you know, how many guns are on the firing? How many guns are on the firing line? Oh, too many to count. You get hundred, two hundred, five hundred. You reckon really? Wow. Oh, they because the people who are on that line are full out enthusiasts. Mm. They haven't got one machine gun. They got about ten. And how, <laughs> how much was the machine gun? Oh, you and said? also, and also as well. There's a three-year waiting time yes, to, get on right. the, to get onto the line, I was wow. told. Wow. So say, for instance, you just bought yourself a machine gun and you wanted to go to this shoot, you got three years to wait. Mm. Jeez. Mm. Yeah, so... How cheap were the guns over there, Frank? Oh. Well, the machine guns... <laughs> what's what's the average price of an AR? Oh, average price of an AR, uh, between 350 and 450 Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. much what it was in uh, And ammunition... The cost, Very cheap, of, I know, the cost of ammunition. Like seven bucks for a, a packet of 20, 23 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or, or, or for instance, um, $4 for a 50 cal round. Wow, how, that's how, cheap. How much, that's how much cheap. could you get a 50 cal round here? 20, oh, 25 bucks a round? 20 bucks at least around. Yeah. Mm. yeah so. What about the nighttime shoot, too? I think I saw this oh, on the net. I don't, nighttime I don't, shoot. Tell them oh. about the nighttime shoot. I don't know if this is correct because when I was on the net, it's literally. I'm not sure what day it is. I just saw it on the uh, net. On the Saturday. That everyone at one time yeah. just shoots a bunch of rounds. Oh, like, yeah. The whole yeah. line. The and, whole and line. And the, majority, and the majority who are firing are firing traces as well. Oh, really? So, <laughs> wow. yeah. so you can imagine. It's just full on. What's the, full on. What's the sound like when you've got... Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of guns, all from from from, from you know, semi-autos to and what what the nighttime guns. shoot makes it even even more spectacular 
is so even so when it's on so obviously before they start all the lights are on and everything and then as soon as as soon as uh, it's going to uh, they're going to fire because it goes for probably about half an hour oh um, really oh yeah easy Jeez. and not only once they have two or three sessions God, can you imagine how many rounds uh, oh yeah and know? traces don't God. forget how much a tra- like, trace yeah. rounds are, are much more it wouldn't be cheap yeah um the, the actual muzzle blast of all the machine guns going uh, it's just spectacular and then, and then not show. only that in the in the target area um you've got all incendiary devices as well so as soon as they hit they blow and wow. and flashes and it's so it's almost like a light show as well with noise a fireworks with- show times 10 <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! So it wow. sounds like you had a really good experience there. Oh. And definitely worthwhile. And I'm just looking. At, I'm just looking just for the for the sake of the uh, listeners. I'm just looking at Frank's body language, <laughs> and he's like sitting does, like yeah. sitting like a little kid reliving his memories. He's like a childhood memories, and he's just sitting so content there with a big smile on his you face. Have, you will have if you if you're a gun nut like I am, yeah. and I admit I'm a gun nut. Yeah. You will have the time of your life, guaranteed, guaranteed. Wow, and you, you know, if, and if you are a, a, an enthusiast, you need to go there once in your life. Yeah, fantastic. Right, let's get on to Mario the douche over here, my uh, <laughs> my co-host. After all that, um, uh, you went uh, on a trip. Yes, yes. Uh, let's start. Tell them what, what, where, how, when, what happened. Okay. Now, first of all, my wife and I really wanted to go to the United States for a very long time, and uh, what happened was is that. Me being the poker pro that I am. <laughs> yeah, right. You've been lucky, guy. I, <laughs> I won a trip to Vegas. I won a poker tournament, uh, which we um, basically uh, 100 people from around Australia, uh, from the Australian Poker League, uh, who also won the regional tournament, uh, got to go to Las Vegas. How did um, you beat people for a start? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> luck of the draw? Luck uh, of the draw. I'd like to say, well, I'm just good. <laughs> Mario, Mario Vlatko, the new Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's but not, not, as, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> he's not as rich and he's not as good looking. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not so saying that he's good looking, by the way. So what, what my wife and I decided to do is we decided to turn it into a family trip. And basically, uh, uh, all my expenses were paid for uh, by APL and um, and the group uh, that I, we were going with, and uh, a whole week, all expenses paid, uh, trip to Vegas, and the only thing I needed to bring really was my suitcase and my spending money. So my wife and I decided to bring uh, the kids along. We decided to go a week early, and we took them to um, uh, uh, LA. We went to uh, Disneyland, California Adventure Park. Went to uh, Universal Studios, uh, drove all around uh, Hollywood and LA, hired a convertible black 2015 Mustang, which was absolutely gorgeous. I enjoyed mm. myself immensely driving that around LA. It was a good was, looking car there. Oh, mate, it is an absolute schmick beast. And uh, I think we're definitely going to have those uh, for sale in Australia soon, Jace. I think yeah, Ford are bringing them out. Oh, right. So, um, Anyway, so we drove around and uh, just enjoyed the sights. Went to Santa Monica Pier, went to um, uh, uh, Venice Beach. Uh, the kids had an absolute fantastic time. And anyway, so what we done was after a wonderful time in LA and Hollywood, uh, we uh, drove across the Mojave Desert, which I thoroughly recommend for anyone who wants to go to the United States. Uh, fantastic drive all the way to Nevada, Las Vegas. 
and uh, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Just driving in the United States is just so good. I mean, just uh, you know what? There's just there's no such thing as speed cameras in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of the important things, you know what, Jason? It's, it's not just about uh, the, the gun freedoms and so on. It's just a completely different culture, you know, like. Uh, the freedom you enjoy just driving now, I was sitting on 120, 130 k's an hour on the highway in my Mustang. No, you know, uh, speed cameras, don't have to worry about anything, just relaxing drive all the way to Nevada. Got to Nevada, fantastic roads, by the way. Everywhere is like five and six lanes each way. There's never a traffic jam. Um, there is just it's just unbelievable amount of freedom and just the simple things like their road rules. Their road rules are a little bit different, more centered towards common sense type of rules and um like frank said earlier once you get used to driving on the other side of, of the road which only takes about yeah. a day everything else is pretty yeah, simple no, and you just good. really really enjoy yourself yeah and um so well we got into it and basically um i was uh unfortunately just knocked out day one yeah. <laughs> at the Calm at the rio bitch. at the rio world series of poker uh, at the rio which um Tell me, what did you lose on? What did you lose on? What did you, oh, you probably went all look, in on some shitty hand, didn't you? No, no, no. Look, honestly, I was actually chip leader on my table for the first three hours. And then okay? you failed. And then what happened was, because a lot of guys got knocked out. Mind you, this is a tournament that's got like you know, 7,000 people in it. A lot of guys got knocked out uh, in, in the first couple of hours. And then they, what they done was they, they consolidated a lot of tables. And then I got taken off my table. And as soon as I got taken off my table and put onto a new table, I just pretty much lost my mojo. I uh, stopped getting cards. I every hand I ent- uh, went to uh, went in on, I was just completely at, you know, outplayed, and it just went downhill from there on. So unfortunately, myself and seventy percent really of the Australian team uh, were out day one. And uh, it's a tough field. I mean, you're playing against the best poker players in the world, uh, and then uh, our best finisher was. Uh, one of the blokes from Queensland who finished, I think, in 80, 81st place, and he collected about ten grand US, which is a pretty good result, actually. Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that that was all good. So now after the poker was over, and my wife and the kids went all around uh, Vegas and exploring, and mate, Vegas is just something else, Jason. It is just something else. Mm-hmm. Fantastic I cannot, place. I cannot uh, describe to everyone what an absolute uh, party town this is. Uh, it's just hard to. Uh, understand the the actual uh, physical size of some of these places. You know, I mean, like if everyone's been to the, a lot of people have been to the Crown down in Melbourne. I mean, the Crown. I mean, the smallest casino in in Las Vegas is like twice the size of the Crown. <laughs> you know, so it give you a bit of perspective <laughs> of what this place is like. And there's like thirty of them on the main strip, and the physical footprint these places take is just phenomenal. Some of them take up space of five or six football fields. So anyway. Uh, this was uh, just a, just an absolute sight to behold, just in itself. I mean, the size of some of the signs on the casinos are like the, the size of uh, twice the size of my house, Frank. <laughs> They're massive. They're absolutely massive. And everywhere you go, there is just absolutely heaps of stuff to do. And always you see uh, brochures to go to the range and uh, yeah. to shoot some firearms. And now we're talking. Now, okay. So <laughs> so now there's a couple of things I've done in Vegas. Okay, I shot some guns. Okay, um, really cool guns. I went to a place called um, Battlefield Vegas. Fantastic. Can't wait for me oh, to go there. Oh, mate, fantastic. <laughs> for those that have never heard of it, check it out on Facebook, Battlefield Vegas. 
It'll, it'll give you a good idea what it's like. Give them a rundown. What, what are they no, like? No, not what Facebook. They... On the internet. On the internet, on the internet yes, Not on Facebook. The, well, they yeah. might be on Facebook I think, too. I think it's on Facebook yeah, as well. But, yeah, but all the info's on. It, it tells you to yeah. go onto the internet site. And it's just, what a site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, Battlefield Vegas is uh, run by a whole bunch of uh, ex-military guys. Okay, so you've got a place where they've got a whole heap of uh, military vehicles, Humvees, uh, troop carriers, tanks, uh, APCs. <laughs> all, I mean... All types of trucks and helicopters and stuff. They're all from the the Iraq War and uh, and, and 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 previous to that, the uh, Second World War and so on. So, and all these vehicles are functional. Like you can go in, have a look at them, go inside them, check them out. I mean, I've got photos of myself and my son inside the Humvee with the fifty cal uh, uh, chassis on top of the Humvee. I mean, <laughs> it's just <laughs> unbelievable. It's just awesome stuff, right? And I've, and then what they do that's really good at Battlefield Vegas is that no matter what hotel you're staying in in Vegas, if you ring them up, one of their guys who's an ex-military, um, uh, who's a military veteran, will come with one of the Humvees. Mind you, full military spec Humvee, road registered, will come to your hotel, pick you up in the Humvee, take you to Battlefield Vegas. Uh, you'll have a mad day shooting some and guns. Also, you mentioned without doors on them. Yeah, a lot of them without don't have doors, doors or nothing, yeah, but they've got seatbelts oh, and everything. That'd they be illegal even, over here. They, <laughs> they, even got, they even got a Humvee. Which is a special troop carrier. So if you've got a group of a large group of guys, they've got to go and take you to big without special. doors as well. <laughs> no, this one actually has doors. <laughs> it's one of the few that does. So anyway, how to? Um, so we went to uh, Battlefield Vegas. I actually I, I didn't get picked up by them. I actually drove myself there. Actually, my wife dropped me off in the in the Mustang. So the 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 missus drops uh, Muzz and his son at the range. Uh, with the Mustang, and she goes off with my daughter shopping, of course. <laughs> and and the you, boys are there playing with the guns. And, and I'll tell you guys, for all, the, for all your wives and girlfriends, mate, there is stacks of shopping to do <laughs> in Vegas. There'll be, there'll be, ne- they'll, they'll never be short of something to do. So anyway, so we go to the range, and my son is just, my, his eyes are popping out of his head. He's looking at all these firearms, he's looking at all these tanks, and you know, he's looking at all these Humvees and uh, helicopters and stuff, and he's just freaking out. And he's only 10 years old, so he's just absolutely having the time of his life. So anyway, get in there, and I signed up for the uh, $150 package. It was very cheap, 150 bucks. Get to shoot a uh, AR-15, AK-47, uh, MP5 submachine gun, and Uzi submachine gun. All fully auto. Full auto. Nice, nice. Um, my son gets to also shoot AK, uh, AR-15, and also a handful of pistols, all in twenty two, mind you. This is a twenty two version of those firearms. They've got them as well, um, which was which was great. And you know, for the kids, that was only a hundred dollars. Okay, and that was fantastic. So anyway, my, my imagine. S- can you imagine here in this country? You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. How old's your son? How old? Ten, is ten. Ten, ten years old. And he's shooting an How AR. How good's that? <laughs> That's yeah. unreal, eh? And he's shooting an AR. And what was it? What was the one he shot? AR. He shot an AR AK forty seven. Mind you, the twenty two version. The Greens would okay. be saying how bad a parent... <laughs> Hang on. You're irresponsible, Mars. Oh. You're irresponsible. They'd be saying literally, this is bad parenting. Oh, bad, bad. I oh, know. I'm so bad. Anyway, but my son, you should have seen a smile oh, on his face. I can imagine. From ear to ear, oh, mate, he was beaming. And he just he just thought this was an absolute treat. Um, so anyway, um, so we, we paid the money. And for your money, you get to shoot the guns. I think you get about uh, uh, 40 or 50 rounds, roughly. I've got two magazines in the AK and two magazines. Per gun or for all of them? Uh, per gun. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's not too bad. Um, and uh, also, he, uh, my son got a, a, about the same. 
With, it's um, not bad, you know. It's not bad, but mind you, when you, when you got full auto, it goes quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like in and out about five <laughs> yeah. minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it goes pretty quick. And while I was there, actually, what they've also got, Frank, and it's pretty much similar all the guns that you find at Knob Creek. So they've also got a, a, a fully mounted setup minigun, always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They've, they've got yeah, all I, types I, of... I checked that out on, on, the, um, yep. on the net, and it's pretty reasonable to fire it. Yeah, it's not too Cause, bad. Because yeah. when, I, when I will be going there, I would definitely going to be shooting that yeah. gun. Well, anyway, they, they had the minigun. They had all types of, uh, for those of you uh, World War II enthusiasts, all types of World War yeah, II machine guns. Got so many different types. All types of modern machine guns they've got there. You can shoot pretty much anything you want. The only limit is your pocket, mate, your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only limit. What about and the if, tank? What about the tank where you oh, can... Oh, yes. Now, listen to this. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. <laughs> if you want, you they will even let you drive the M1 Abrams tank, which is in the parking lot, uh, for about two grand, they will let you. They, the instructor will go with you. He teach you how to drive the tank. He'll be with you. He teach you how to move the turret and all that stuff. A genuine M1 Abrams tank, and you can drive it over an old car wreck and just demolish the <laughs> car wreck. <laughs> it's just incredible, mate. And and they've also bought land, Jason, uh, in yeah. Nevada. Yeah, I was and they're going to set that. it up. They're going to set it up, and I think it's actually running now. They're going to set it up so you can go there, shoot mortars. Imagine that. Shoot, uh, um, shoot uh, RPGs. Uh, amazing, just amazing stuff, you know. So, like, so we don't have to go to, Cambo- to Cambodia to shoot RPGs. We can go there, now. mate. You can, you can go there. <laughs> I mean, we, and then we can party and drink and, <laughs> mate. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, Vegas not, is full of not while we're shooting firearms. No, right? no, 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 definitely no. not. Definitely <laughs> afterwards, afterwards, afterwards. Yeah, but mind you, Vegas is full of people that are just partying all the time. And now, a uh, bit more on um, uh, Battlefield Vegas. So then afterwards. Uh, when we finished our shoot, was absolutely fantastic. You know, um, we, we were shooting at targets that would definitely not be approved <laughs> by, <laughs> by the local. Were they body, were they body targets? Yeah, body targets, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was just so amazing. You know, inside the store, right inside the store, you see all these mad firearms on the walls, and just on the shelf, you see pepper spray. Yeah. You see tas- personal tasers, personal protection, just off the shelf, twelve bucks. No worries, no license, even whatever. tasers. It's just amazing. It's just an unbelievable sense of freedom. Not only that, you know what? All the airsoft guns, the airsoft, unbelievable, mad uh, airsoft rifles everywhere. And I've got some video which I filmed in a lot of the shops. They're, they're just absolutely fantastic. No license required, of course. Um, just unbelievable fun. So anyway, my son and I, we, we finished our shoot and he was just having an absolute, uh, 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 you know, incredible time. And I saw, I got videos of him shooting full auto. AR-15 and AK-47, and he handled himself really, really well. Of course, the instructor is with them all the time. Uh, the gun is secured. and uh, there's What no- about the instructors? Tell them, how, are the yeah. instructors, are they good? Are they um, professional? Was the experience very pro- good? Very, or? very professional. Each one is an uh, uh, ex-army or ex-navy. Uh, so, you know, these guys are very proficient with their firearms. Uh, Battlefield Vegas actually prides itself on employing uh, military vets. So, which was great. And talking to them was just absolutely amazing. Some of the stories they told me, you know, all the things, experiences they've had in Iraq and Afghanistan and so on, just incredible. And wonderful people, absolutely wonderful, a polite, uh, you know, uh, accommodating, helpful in every way, just absolutely a joy to talk to. And, and you didn't go to the range and see, like, people fighting or oh, you know, no, doing no. crazy things with guns or anything like that? Oh, no, 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 no nothing like that. I mean, it was very controlled and, uh, you know, it was a safe environment and I felt quite comfortable in there at all times 
and it was great. And I mean, for my 150 bucks, I got to, I got to shoot some mad firearms. Uh, I got to talk to some wonderful people. I got a free shirt. I mean, it's just absolutely great value for money. And then after that, I was actually going to ring up my wife to come pick up my son and I uh, from um, from the range. But they said, no, 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 don't just leave her alone. Let her shop. We'll take you home. So basically, um, one of the guys uh, he took us in the Humvee. And uh, drove drove us home, and my my son was in the, in front of the Humvee. Was was that the one? Did it have doors on it? No, no doors. <laughs> my son was in the front seat of the Humvee. He was glorious. He just thought, "Wow, how cool is this?" I mean, an actual actual Humvee, you know, you know, because he plays Call of Duty and all that sort of things. You know what I mean? So um, he just thought it was unreal. He was in a real life Humvee, you know, and then he had a real life soldier. <laughs> <laughs> driving him around and I just thought wow you know I mean, I wish I was him you know? yeah. I wish I was oh, him yeah. experiencing these things you know and it was just did absolutely what about, did, you have, did you have any conversations with any of the guys there about you know our gun laws or anything like that or no no real time or oh yeah we talked a lot about that and they, they, they <laughs> every time you say you're from Australia hey, until that story I think while you're over there too I'm not sure if this was this trip where you were speaking to the guy who'd migrated was that that's on that story yeah yeah I'll, I'll get to that Jace yep. I'll get to that yep. so anyway so every time you tell the, a lot of these guys especially the guys that know about Australia every time you say oh yeah we're from Australia they look at you and say oh okay you poor guys they, poor guys I, I've said I, I've said to they me oh, you, you, like you poor face, guys yeah. yeah they look at you like you've got a face you know they, they pity you yeah you know? and, yeah. yeah, and you know it's like that because a lot of these people know that you know that uh, we've got very restrictive laws, and it's unfortunate. So anyway, Jason, I, I, we had a fantastic time there. Took heaps of photos and of all the uh, tanks and uh, Humvees and all, that, and all the vehicles. You can go in, you can have a look at them, and all that stuff. It's just unbelievable, <laughs> and it was just great. So done I, all that. I told Muzz if he didn't, if he didn't. Uh, shoot some guns in Vegas or somewhere in America, he'd be disowned from this show, man. Because yeah, you're going to go to America, you got to spend 150 bucks, thousand yeah. bucks, whatever you can afford, yeah, to go and shoot. So, okay, but for, yep. before we see that, what was your favourite one you shot? Our oh, favourite one was the AR-15 for sure. Yeah, what a, yeah, a, a really well you, balanced. You 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 love those guns. Oh, I love yeah. it. Look, well balanced rifle in full order. It's uh, it's a rifle that you can control. Yeah. You know, it's not like the AK. The AK in full order is quite hard to control. Yeah, it, because it, I was yeah. quite surprised yeah. when I fired. It's got a lot when of punch. I fired. Yeah, it, it really lifts. And actually, you know what, Frank? I, I, I didn't think the AR is, it, is, it, is the AR full order. Full auto is it? Well, all the guns that they allow you to shoot at um, at uh, um, Battlefield. Battlefield Vegas are all full auto. They're all military style. Is there firearms. a select fire there too? Yes. You can go yep. semi on. Yeah, oh, you can right. go semi on it. Yeah, if you like. And actually, the the instructor, if you haven't never got any experience with firearms, they sometimes say, "Listen, I'll let you shoot uh, semi auto." Uh, at, to start with, and then if you're confident enough, you can have a couple of bursts at auto. But uh, I told him I already had a fair amount of experience. So he goes, "No worries." Okay, so you let me have it. You know, um, uh, a shot at full auto with all the all the firearms, and it was no problem. But you know what? I, I would have said, I was, "Nah, sorry, mate. You get, you get the start on semi-auto. <laughs> you're from Australia." Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know, you, you know, it was you know, it was really good. Um, was you don't really- deserve full auto. <laughs> Yeah, special permit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, did you just this is one question though? Did you need any sort of you know, piece don't say anything yet, like a P650 try shooting form? <laughs> did you need a genuine reason? Anything like that? Did you need a genuine reason? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you just turn up and you basically sign the form saying, you know, it's a, it's a waiver basically. If you shoot yeah, your head that, off, that's right, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had to sign a waiver at yeah. Knob Creek. So you as just well. basically yeah. sign a waiver, you provide some ID, and yep. that's it, off you go. Yep, so it's that simple. And Enjoy like your everything's, yeah, everything's just so easy to get into in the United yep. States. There's not, none of this. 
you know, uh, bureaucracy, this you know, you know, BS red tape that you just got yeah. to pot, you know, jump uh, through hoops for. And there's none of that. Everything's just so easy to get into in the United States. So anyway, um, uh, we had a great time at uh, um, Battlefield Vegas, and uh, my son and I then uh, basically got driven back home uh, by one of the nice guys who who was actually a ten year uh, Navy veteran. Had a great conversation with him; he was fantastic. Um, and my son was absolutely beaming. He could not believe the experience that he, he just probably enjoyed. says, "Forget the rest of this trip. Let's just go back and shoot some more guns, man." <laughs> I'm so glad I got to share that with him because that's something he's never going to forget. Oh, you yeah. know, as he grows up, he's always got to remember that. So then, Jason, he and then basically, Muzz decided to go on a bit of an expedition. I took the car and. Um, Went with my wife and, and the kids, and we went out shopping. So the wife, uh, I, I dropped the wife off at the shopping center. <laughs> okay, so all she was interested in clothes and shoes. That's it. Uh, <laughs> you but, go to Vegas to shoot guns and oh, have yeah, fun yeah, and yeah, yeah. have some drinks, eat that's, some food. That's, that's what know? we'll be doing, right? Yeah, when yeah. we go. Oh, exactly. So anyway, A I, went, trip. I went to, Jason, <laughs> the Sportsman's Warehouse. Yes. Now, the Sportsman's Warehouse. And I went to a couple of places. The Sportsman's Warehouse went to Big Five Sporting Goods. Yeah. Okay. And also went to Bass Pro. And can I just say, when I was in Detroit, I went yeah. to Cabela's. Oh yes, and Cabela's. Field and Stream. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, yes. what was, Absolutely. What was, what was Cabela's like? Cabela's was well. I knew what to expect because um, I've bought so so much stuff over the years um, by by the post. And but when you actually go there, it's just amazing. It's just, wow. Yeah. Like Absolutely. For, for, wow. for those of you who are listening to the show right now who've never been to the states, it is it is something that's beyond uh, explanation. You, you can't you can't believe that places like this exist. You know, like yeah. it's just unreal. America is just something totally like different. It's almost interesting, eh? Field. When you go yeah. in there, you provide just a bit of ID. Yeah, you know, sign a waiver, mate. You can choose a yeah. package. Off you go and have some fun. And I said here we're talking about you know a Silverdale three thousand foot pound of crap you know, can't shoot 338 yeah, because of this yeah shoot 338 yeah you can't 50, yeah. 50 that's a sniper Ma- rifle version 50 cal oh that's a sniper rifle oh i know high powered rifle yeah. unbelievable but Keep but, going. but then uh, but then what we've got say say for example um uh went to uh sportsman's warehouse first right okay which is all the places are very easy to find all the places are very easy to find in las vegas i mean if you've just got a mobile phone with uh, internet res- uh, internet uh, uh, capability, and you've got Google Maps on there, you can go to anywhere pretty much you you want to go. It's quite easy. Once you've got your own vehicle, you just drive everywhere. And that's another thing too, Jason. All around Las Vegas, you know, I didn't even see a train station. You know, I didn't even see no. any trains. I mean, no trains train are for cargo no. in America. I mean, America is built for the freedom of the individual. There is just roads everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's plenty of parking. There's plenty of roads. You just get your own car and you go everywhere you want to go. And there's never, virtually never a traffic jam with the exception of the really big cities, you know, yeah. like New York, oh, yeah, New Chicago. York. I wouldn't drive in New York. Yeah. So, but everywhere you want to, everywhere you go, shopping centers, whatever, you just, all you do is you take the car. Every casino that I went in, you just drive straight into the front in the self-parking section, you park and bang, you're in the casino, it's done. So, it's so easy just to get around. So, anyway, so we went to Sportsman's Warehouse. Mind you, Sportsman's Warehouse, if I can just describe the shop. Imagine the largest store. It's like Bunnings. Well, yeah, it's virtually like Bunnings. I mean, I mean, this was just uh, for hunting, camping, yeah, and fishing, basically. So, Sportsman's exactly. Sportsman's Warehouse was, I would say, slightly smaller than your average Bunnings, right? Slightly smaller, but it just had everything there for hunting, camping, fishing, firearms, you name it, you name it. It's like if you combined, if you if you combined Amazon, Ray's Outdoors with a fishing and a 
and a, and a gun store, yeah. you'd have Sportsman's <laughs> Warehouse, basically. <laughs> so that's what it was like. It was fantastic. Now, you had this massive wall of firearms, and I'm talking you've got ARs, you've got all types of uh, uh, semi-autos, uh, bolt actions, lever actions, pump shotguns. I mean, pump shotguns, Jason. You know, Mossberg's for 300 bucks. You know, eight-round capacity pump box, uh, pump shotguns. You know, you don't even need a license for them. You just buy them straight over the counter. You know, handguns. I mean, like, my God, the amount of handguns on display. It's just unbelievable. There was a guy there who was just buying a handgun while I was, I was watching, and um, I was just looking at the process. He was actually going through the process of buying a handgun, and I was just curious to see, okay, what's the process? So basically, all he really had to do is go through a background check, pay his money, 72-hour wait, and that's it. And they're even, even spewing about that. They're <laughs> spewing about the 72 hour oh, wait. No. And I'm thinking, 72 hours? Jesus, well, that's yeah. a dream. <laughs> I, I, I would cop that any day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, waiting 72. What are we waiting here anyway, for? Anyway, six months? Yeah, you know, exactly. For, for a pistol yeah, permit? For, yeah, oh, exactly. your 12 month probation. Yeah. Can't own a, a handgun for six months. I mean, seriously. Well, anyway, this was the amazing thing. That guy was actually buying it because he had a concealed carry permit, right? So you got, a lot of people in Nevada always carry firearms with them everywhere you go. So that was one of the things I was, t- I was telling my missus, actually. She was quite freaked out about it at first. And I was just saying, I can't be. Everything's fine, yeah? A lot of the, a lot of, everywhere you walk around Nevada, you're likely, one in ten you know, a local Americans is likely to be carrying a gun because you've got concealed carry uh, permits. It's a concealed carry state. And uh, to be honest, you know what? Everywhere I went, it was just fantastic very peaceful you know during that whole time i was in america jace frank and i'm sure you know this i was i was around the, some of the most populous places you've seen i'm talking mate there was just thousands and thousands of people everywhere on the streets especially in las vegas absolutely tens of thousands of people on the streets partying on drinking you know what you think there was fights there was punch-ups things like that no you know what there was not i did not see one fight not one punch up, not even an argument, and and, and you not can even imagine, an argument. and you can imagine how much alcohol is drank there. Oh, heaps, you know. Like, and I'm thinking, you know what? If this was if this was Kings Cross in Sydney, <laughs> there'd be at least six punch ons <laughs> before ten o'clock. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I mean, I know when I was going out as as a young bloke, you know, when I was going out to um uh, places in Sydney, mate, there was fights all the time. And I mean, this is. This was um, and look, we're not naive, Frank. We know there are places in the United States. Yes, we're not naive. We know we know there are places yep. that are quite dangerous. Yeah, okay, but and, yeah, those are the gun-free But, but zones, also, as yeah. well, like I went to New York. I spent I spent a week in New York, yep. right? And not once, and I and I travelled. I, I seen a lot of New York. Yeah, and not once did I feel scared. No, no, no. Well, it's the same in Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas, I mean, you just feel perfectly safe at all times, and there's just thousands of people everywhere, and we were going around with our kids and stuff, and it's, and believe me, there is plenty of things for children there to do, so you know, don't be afraid of taking your kids to Las Vegas. So anyway, getting back to Sportsman's Warehouse, so this place was absolutely awesome, and I was just looking at all the massive array of um, uh, firearms that are available. Oh, ammo. There was just ammo by the pallet load on the, on the, on the floor, just everywhere, just unbelievable prices, really, really cheap, and I'm met this bloke who was um uh had, had a very very um strong english accent and i thought oh, this is a this is one of the pommies he's behind the counter working now for <laughs> my limey friend so anyway <laughs> so now i went up to him i said okay mate what are you doing here and he says oh he goes what do you mean he goes well i'm here the, i can hear the accent he goes you obviously i uh, haven't been here for too long and he goes yeah well you know he goes i um i got sick of the uk he goes, I'm sick of all the rubbish out there. So he goes, I've applied for a job. I've got a job uh, here in the United States, in Nevada. 
and uh, it was only four years ago I came here, got, I applied for a job online, I got here, I uh, got together with an American bird, and now I'm, I'm an American citizen. And I said, wow, I said, wow, that's amazing, you know what I mean? And I said, what, you, I mean, what qualifications did you need? Did you need any special qualifications or anything like that to come over here? He goes, no. And he goes, I just applied uh, for a retail job online. He goes, I've, had, I've used to be in the army. He had a little bit of military experience. And it was quite easy for him to get a job. He was accepted for the job. The company um, uh, sponsored him. He came over. And he had a, a very good path towards citizenship. And that's where he met his wife. And he goes, and I said, well, do you have any regrets? He goes, mate, not one. He goes, he loves Nevada, and I'll, and I'll tell you right now, Nevada is absolutely beautiful state. It's in the desert, and it's like this beautiful warmth around you all the time. It's nice and warm, especially during um, uh, warmer months, obviously, but uh, but it's not humid. There's no humidity or anything like that. But it's just beautiful. I, 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 think, I think still me and Jace probably won't like it. Hang on now. I like, I don't like the humidity. I don't mind the heat. And the Las Vegas hit is dry. Oh, like you've been there before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been there three and, times, yeah. And so have you been there in the height of summer? Yes. It's and, very hot. 40, and, and, 42, 45, 46. And how did, how did you find that? It's hot, but it's not that... Yeah, it's not muggy. It's, it's not, not that muggy, no. muggy no. like dry here. Dry heat. No, dry no heat. it's a dry heat. Dry so like heat. A, if you're out in the yeah. full beating sun, yeah, you start to sweat up a bit if you're walking around and stuff, but it's not like that just muggy north... You know, Queensland. Like, like, yeah, it, you know. Is, like yeah. it is in Sydney. Yeah, or you, know, you go north like Darwin, heaven forbid, or far north yeah. Queensland. So, you know, but no, it was good. Like, I mean, it's warm, but mm. uh, I can definitely handle it. So I struck up a conversation, Jason, with this guy. His name's Paul, okay? Uh, and uh, he was so good. He was really, really, he, he let me uh, have a look at all the guns out there. I, I looked at some of the most amazing ARs. And semi-auto firearms, you could you could you could lay your hands on, and these things were like three, four thousand US. These were top of the line stuff, all sorts of Kevlar parts on them, and you know, uh, carbon fiber, and all these you know amazing amazing firearms. And he was really helpful, showed me a whole bunch of handguns and everything. It was fantastic. We had a great conversation, and he and he told me his his, his life story, how he ended up here, uh, how he ended up in Nevada, and I just thought it was fantastic. And he goes, he got sick of all the. Uh, you know, the, the bullshit in Britain, and uh, he decided to uh, migrate to the United States, and he's never looked back, and he says, I asked him, how many, what sort of guns you got in your safe? And he goes, oh, mate, you should see my safe. <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, I guess, I've, uh, I, I've got about 30 firearms, and he goes, and I really haven't stopped collecting yet. So. How good's that? I know, it's amazing. So anyway, I had a great time at Sportsman's Warehouse. You're going to see the most amazing stuff Um and uh, but to be honest, uh, the prices were uh, just slightly lower than us, uh, slightly lower than what we've uh, got in Australia. So uh, there are some really good bargains out there. They were quite uh, cheap stuff. But all the things that I wanted to take back, Jason, you can't really take no. back. No, that's it. That's, no. that's 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 how I was when I saw just, all the stuff it was there. So so I mean depressing. Customers but, will get under <laughs> you exactly. So now after after Sportsman's Warehouse, Jason, I went to one of the most amazing shops I've ever been to in my life. Absolutely, without a doubt, the most amazing store. Did you go to a strip joint? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he's married, so, guys. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. do those sort no, of things. No, no. So anyway, I went to Bass Pro Outdoor World, okay, oh. in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I've this been place, sitting here just getting jealous here, mate. Like, I, haven't, I haven't been in America in six years now. Oh, mate, this place is absolutely amazing. If you can think of, oh man. This one, this place was like the size of an RSL. 
okay? If you can imagine the size of an RSL club, uh, it had massive fishing, hunting, camping, archery, firearm section. Like aquariums, don't oh, they? Yeah. Fish oh. in them. Oh, yeah, the one Whoa. that I went to, the aquarium was massive. Jesus, yeah. it was yeah. I, when I as soon as I walked in the lobby, I just I just said, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah. It was can, just the, that's the just, only words that come out of your mouth. Wow! Oh, that's all you say. Yeah. Can you just see like the the money that gets pumped into that economy? You know, like we go to here, like you go to certain shops, gun shops. I mean, you know, they just don't have the money to put in these types of inclusions, yeah. do they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I went to, I think I went to um, Branson, Missouri in mm. Branson and that was a Bass Pro and they had like a big, I told you the guys before, we had a big like wheel with a big stream. What do they call like a big uh, water wheel yeah, coming yeah. off a, a, a chute and then you know, spinning the big wooden wheel coming down, big saber-toothed tigers like, um, you know, white ones, snow leopards or whatever yeah. they were stuffed down. And just the roof, it was almost like, like you know, when you look at a church and you've got all the engraving and yeah. and the, the gold maybe and the and the glass and they've just got it's just, it's like looking up into a rainforest. And, and how long how long was that ago? That was six years ago. Yeah. Wow. So you imagine yeah. you imagine all the new ones now. Unbelievable. Well, Bass Pro it was something else. I tell you, walked in there. First thing you see is just amazing amount of taxidermy. Oh, oh, taxidermy just, and the scenery. Like the taxidermy, they reenact certain scenes. Yeah, animal wildlife and, scenes. And also as well, just saying on taxidermy, yeah. it's so cheap in the US. Yes, yes. Probably one third, less than one third at what it is here. Well, they do it more often. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's probably why. Anyway, I spoke to one of the. Um, uh, people that were there serving at the, at the shop and they were saying that at any, any given time sometimes they rotate their taxidermy but but any given time there's usually one one to 1.2 million dollars worth of taxidermy in the shop wow. at any given time so anyway as i'm walking started start walking through the shop my eyes are just popping out of my head i just can't believe a place like this exists you know yeah. and uh, i'm looking at this place and like, you can hear the waterfall and yeah. and this big waterfall coming down to this massive tank, like this fish tank, like you would, like you'd never seen in your life, and it's got all these uh, species of fish that you can catch in the United States, all in the fish tanks. Just amazing. Uh, go up the escalator to the gun section straight away. I don't waste any time. Just go straight to the gun section, and um, what you see up there is just this massive wall of firearms <laughs> and handguns everywhere. Everywhere, and Jason's now showing some pictures now of uh, United States uh, from yeah. his computer. <laughs> that was, hey, look at me there. That was some of my thinner days there. Wow. You know? hey, that's not you, Jason. He's that, got that, a bit of a mo there. Jason, that, that's Jason's fin, <laughs> fin twin brother. And I didn't have any on the inside. I didn't. I can't believe I didn't Check take Check out him. his funky glasses. Oh, no. That was, hey, man, it was 2009, man. Unbelievable. Come hey. on, man. Wow. Well, but, but even look at this photo here. I mean, there's ATVs out the front. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at the fixture. Look, look what it's made of on the outside, the windows, the wood. Just the attention to detail yeah. with everything they yeah. do in America is just unbelievable. So inside the Bass Pro, they had all types of boat craft, leisure craft, ATVs. I'm talking everything you could possibly think of. Some of the most amazing barbecues. Yeah, like oh. the 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 smokers and the cookers yeah, they got there, yeah. just crazy stuff. Go I'll go up there into the clothing section, and mate, there is absolutely every type of camo clothing, hunting clothing you could you could really think of. And uh, the gun section there, and I'm here with my phone, mind you. I'm I'm, I'm got my phone out there, and I'm taking photos. And I'm thinking, oh, these people are probably looking at me, thinking I'm weird. And I, and I speak to one of the attendants. He goes, mate, no worries, you go for it. We get it all the time. 
<laughs> and I thought, okay, great, you know. And um, it was just an unbelievable experience. So anyway, as I'm walking through the shop, I go downstairs, and it just this place just keeps going on and on and on. It's just massive. And I'm I'm walking down, and I see it's got there's little uh you know one of those uh, Frank there's one of those uh, uh, ranges that you uh, a shooting parlor, you know oh. a shooting parlor where that you get at a carnival oh, that you no longer yeah. see in Australia. Yeah. We used to have yeah. them all the time in the in the eighties. Yeah, in the eighties and nineties we used to have them all the yeah, time. Oh, but yeah, they've got until a, until all the greenies banned oh, them here. Yeah, like and anyway you go to, you see this mad little fun kids shooting parlor and you just think wow this is unreal and you're walking down and you, you see this the, the place has got like a massive almost like a creek running through the shop <laughs> and for waterfall waterfall coming down and what do you see in the creek it's unbelievable i couldn't believe that this was possible a 1.5 meter sturgeon <laughs> fish like one of those rare fish that you'd find in in the rivers of uh, North America, and, yeah. and they had it in this creek. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, this is just beyond crazy. It's just unbelievable, the attention to detail. So I'm, at, I'm up there, and then I'm, I'm at, the, at the gun section. And then what do I hear? Boom, boom, boom. I can hear guns being shot. And I asked the guy, what's going on? And I, you know, he said, oh, we've got a couple of rangers inside the shop. In the shop. I thought, great. <laughs> this is so real. He goes, yeah, many of our customers, they want to try out the guns before they buy them. So, wow. you know, we've... We let them try the guns imagine, out. Imagine us trying to uh, do that before we buy. Oh, just, How good would that be? Mate, uh, it's just yeah. unbelievable. And also, it's, it's a range where a lot of the guys who are members of the range, they come in and shoot their guns as well. So it's just fantastic. Mate, the ammo. Oh, my God. It's just piles and piles of ammo as far as the eye can see. Airsoft guns. Absolutely every kind of airsoft you can think of imaginable. Just uh, It was just unbelievable. The, the, the whole store was just um, an amazing tourist event and you know what and, and it, when you think about it frank well, me and you were talking about some of the things we've seen we've kind of become freedom tourists <laughs> yeah freedom oh, well, tourism I, I go i go to the u.s to get my gun and fireworks fixed now you know it's it's it's, it's incredible but isn't isn't it sad <laughs> it is sad isn't it, it is sad? it is really in sad. a country like australia yeah, yeah you know we have to get out of the country to experience real freedom exactly we become freedom tourists and i just think that's just a, a sad indictment on this country yeah and um mate i just honestly i cannot say a bad thing about america actually the only one bad thing i can say about america is that they're in, a, in some ways a victim of their own success because there are places that is very high population, high density areas, heaps of cars, heaps of traffic, and the, and sometimes the air pollution, you can really see it. Like, like LA? Yeah, like LA, yeah. LA is like you can really see the air pollution. The air quality is right. not, not that great. Um, and, and that's in the most populous places. But, you know, even in Sydney sometimes you can really see the air, the haze of all yeah. the air pollution for the morning traffic, but in LA especially, it's bad because you have got a lot of uh, they're surrounded by mountains. Yeah, a lot of the time, and uh, you know, like you 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 got a build up of pollution, and and that is the only bad thing really I can say about uh, the United States. Other than that, the people were wonderful. The places I went to was absolutely fantastic. Shooting guns, awesome. Just experiencing all those wonderful freedoms that uh, we used to take for granted. Yeah. You know, in in this country. So anyway, a fantastic experience, Frank. Um, from uh, yourself and uh, Bo, uh, and from me, we had a, an awesome time. And for those of you who have listened to this show, have never been to the United States, go do go, yourself a favor. Yeah, put it on your bucket list. Don't wait till it's too late. Go as soon as you can. It's not that expensive. Go have a holiday. Have a great time, and uh, really enjoy yourself. 
All right, guys. I mean, I think you just made me, you know, for the last 40 minutes redundant on this show. Thank you very much. Very, very jealous. You can take over from now on. Just your thunder, mate. Yeah, you, you, but you know what I, I did just notice this then, which is great? Like the passion. And you probably guys heard it too that are going to be listening to this show. You can tell the, the laughter, the passion of going there, the you know, how good it was, how much they enjoyed themselves. Uh, and it's just, you know, this is what freedom's all about. And this is what we've been trying to push. Go over there. I guarantee that anyone that goes over over there, uh, won't they, Frank? They'll just they'll enjoy themselves, hundred percent. Yeah, if you're a gun nut, like I said, you you at least once in your lifetime should go to Knob Creek Gun Range, West Point, Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. And you know what, Jason, Diane Mellum, she's going. Yes. She will be going. Yeah, to that's United right. States we spoke here. to her at the we AGM. We yeah. spoke to her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This was at the uh, Sporting Shooters and, and exactly. New South Wales AGM, or sorry, Sydney Branch AGM. Yeah. I should and th- say this will be her first time going to the United States, so she will be. Uh, pleasantly surprised how wonderful it is there and yeah. uh, hopefully we can have a great conversation with her when she gets back yeah and we still are doing that interview guys i know it's taken i think we're supposed to do that interview with diane Mellum, i think december of last year <laughs> uh, and i did speak to her about it she's keen to still do it um it's just every time we've gone to do it she's been away somewhere she's got a great job that's for sure but this uh, i think this trip uh, with her family's uh, for fun so hopefully she gets over there and she can actually see and this might give some perspective Mm. You know, and yeah. what we've seen yeah. for our gun laws, and that we, we're, you know, we're sick of it. Once you've been over there, some of the things you, that you you have to uh, live with uh, in our own country, it's just complete. It's just a complete. I'm, um, um, you know, crazy, and I, and I crazy, even think uh, when crazy. Frank was shooting that Thompson uh, at the AGM, you were showing Diane Mellon that one, and you, she, she's seen the yeah. the machine. Yeah, gun I showed her a few vi- videos there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Wow, wow!" And I thought. Mate, this is maybe what it needs, you know? But I often find that people that, that, that are doing this stuff, I'm not saying die, I think that this is her first trip to the United States no, as well. Yes, yes, it people is. People often make these assumptions. Oh, it's this, it's that, you know, it's bad, it's you know, crime on every corner. And when you go there, it's just, no. it's, no. it's just no. not the you, case. You know, you know what? Like I said before with Frank, uh, Jason, we're not naive. We know there are bad places in the United States where there is heavy crime and so on. But you know what? Your average middle-class America is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic in every way. The people are great. The lifestyle's good. Uh, you know, everywhere you go, it's just heaps yeah, of things like to do. Say, look, for instance, mm. I've got relatives in Detroit, mm. and every every time I um I, I say to friends of mine, oh, "Where are you going?" I said, "Oh, I'm also going to Detroit." Oh, oh, oh. but it's not like that. No, I, I spent I spent three weeks there, and you know, like you say, there is bad parts. Yeah, but I mean, I. Uh, well, uh, you, you're not going to go and hang no, out at South exactly. Central LA the exactly. first moment you get there. Exactly. I mean, that's not, hey, it's, Compton's, that's not what you Compton's do. upper class these days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, that's not you're not gonna you're not gonna go ha- hang out with the gangbangers as soon as you land there. <laughs> I mean, right. you're not. You're, you're gonna go and hang out with normal middle class people. It, you know, yeah, what I mean, you're it. gonna do normal things that Americans do, yeah. and uh, you know, they're just they're not that much different to us. You know, they're wonderful people, and you know, they love to um, talk to pe- especially people from Australia. When as soon as they oh, hear I your love accent, it. I love it. As soon as they hear and your accent, the, they're all over it. What I notice is some of the perks when you're Australian that you get. You know, when you start, if you actually got the balls to start talking to people, yep. like Frank and like, so I went on my own too, uh, except for the first couple of trips with friends. Um, the last two, 08, 09, I went uh, on my own. And you ha- it, it for- doesn't it, Frank? I think it forces you to start up conversations yeah, with people. Yeah, and like I said, I, I've, made, I've made so many friends at Knob Creek. Like, when I go there again, uh, it'll be just like uh, seeing old friends again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Anyway, we do have... I hope you guys enjoyed this show. This is like our longest show, roughly 2 hours and 15 yeah. minutes thus far. 
Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. What have we got coming up? We've got some more Everyday Hunter series coming up. Uh, we've got uh, the Firearms Lawyer, Ross Williamson, which is another good one. About, yeah, that, uh, that, um, yep. Looking uh, forward to that one. Yeah, about WA firearms laws and cases he's uh, dealing with right now. So look forward to uh, uh, that one coming up. Obviously, this show, Straight Shooting. and Don't forget to write to your politicians, guys. Yeah, write to Remember. your politicians. Again, especially about this Adler whole debacle. And like I said, you know, some people maybe listen to this show might, well, I hope they don't, but maybe disagree with the Adler. Well, you know, if you do, that's fine. You let know. us know. Let us know why. Let us know why. But, yeah. I mean, hopefully people that, if you, if you don't want it, we hopefully see they're not selling out shooters, you know, in the media. That's the worst possible thing you can do. Yeah. Um, and I saw a picture the other day. It's like it was a boat, right? And the boat was up in the air. The end was sinking because there was a hole in the end. The guys at the bottom are bailing out the water out of the boat, right? Yeah, the, I've seen and, that. And the guys at the top going, oh, thank God it hasn't come to us yet. <laughs> you know, like, well, you're on the same boat, you idiot. You know? Yeah, exactly. So my point, the point of that is that, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. If the bottom's going down, you know, you think how long before you think it gets to you? Eventually, it's going you know? to get to you. Exactly. You know, it's going to get to you. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed this show, and uh, we hope you do tune in again. It was a long one, but as usual, my name is Jason Selms. I'm Frank Rafalo, and I'm Mario Vlatko. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.